Welcome to the drunk tank. Take a shot of much thanks for you coming out tonight. Have a seat and come in. Yeah, yeah. Now turn the lights down low. Drinks are in the back where we're about to start the show. Okay, landed and killed in the land of the free. Coming together to spread all the peace. There's more to the story than you'll ever see. Hear up both sides before you just agree. Some of it's funny and some of it's deep. Open your mind and I can't guarantee that we will leave you on the edge of your seats. Now over the docks and a man for CC, okay. to the episode season two episode two of the drunk tank uh last season we had one called fuck it we're doing it live this this episode is called it's a goddamn shit show so um <laughs> welcome 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 to sleep deprived chris and a fibro fog running behind schedule not even yeah it, it's gonna be a frankenstein today hey chris how are you <laughs> I woke up literally an hour ago and then panicked because I had fuck all prepared for this. I spent all last night playing Crusader <laughs> Kings 3 with Zim. Thank you for your compliments on this stinger. How about you guys? Uh, Chris made that up. And yes, uh, Pat Danger made that awesome intro track that those yeah. of you that follow the podcast would have uh, heard on shots, but we're using it for the podcast because, you know. Advertise like shameless horrors and get a buddy's pad's name out there. But anyway, didn't even interrupt. Yeah. You play Crusader Kings two or three till two in the morning? No, it was like my sleep's been shitty the last couple of days, right? There's no arguing that. Um, I've literally been. been getting like two, three hours sleep um, and then staying awake for like 36 <laughs> of those. Um, but I've been making it, I've been trying to be productive, I've been trying to actually do it, but it was literally, I ended up on Friday, or Thursday night is when it all went downhill. <laughs> Thursday night I just was, I, I could not sleep, and it was like, I think I, I can remember going for a nap that I didn't mean to take, and I felt like an old man, because it was like, I was watching the telly, and then I just mm -hmm. kind of went, I woke up like three hours later, I went, ah, fuck, well that's my sleep, oh, ruin. Mm -hmm. Um... And then Friday, I was up for like 36 hours on the Friday because it was like, I went to my bed at about 3, or no, it was about 6pm I went to sleep and woke up at 9 and that was me up. And I thought, well, I've got to be productive. I made that wee stinger and I updated the, the, the website and just battled through a whole bunch of shit. And then uh, I had arranged with my brother because my brother bought a PlayStation 5 so I'd arranged with him that on the Saturday I'd play with him at about 2 o'clock my mm -hmm. time, so 2pm. But that was before I was going to be awake for 36 <laughs> hours. So I got to like half past 2 and I ended up jumping there with him and we played for like 3 hours. Uh, and then I was at... I'd also made arrangements that I wanted to play with Zim because we'd, I've not played CK3 since I got the new computer and I've been wanting to play it. And means them have like like it's it's always fun, right? Uh, it's just like it's for every private. We don't stream it. We don't do it like that. We just have a wee private chill. Yeah, hang out with just, a boy. Yeah, um, and we have done that in fucking ages. So mm. we finally, I was like, I, I don't want to think it. And then uh, he had a, a couple of things on, and I was like, right, well, I'm gonna go and have a couple of sleep. Try get a nap, and that'd be it. 
So I ended up got a having a nap at like seven, uh-huh. but at like the back of nine ten o'clock, I woke up and I was at. I'd only meant to go for like a couple of hours, but I ended up getting three, and then I was awake. And that was it. So I ended up dropping at the Habis stream and just sort of like chilled with uh, she went live, and then it was about two. It was like two o six a.m. my time when I went into the call with him. <laughs> and then it was like 9.35 a.m. when I left the call was in. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'm going to go to sleep. And then I ended up, I couldn't get to sleep. And then at 12 o'clock, I was at, and my sister was supposed to come up later on the day. And I was at, right, well, what I'll do is I'll go to sleep for a couple of hours. Right. And then she can come up, I'll deal with it, I'll, I'll see her. And then I'll go back to sleep until podcast time. But then she decided that she was going to come up at quarter past 12 when the oh, Fitbun no. came on. So I was at right well, I'll have to stay up and find me with that. So, and then it got to like four o'clock today. No. <laughs> and I was at right, I need to go and try and get something. And I thought, my, this is how sleep deprived I was, because at four o'clock I was at right, well, I'll go to sleep and I can get a good like six hours sleep, maybe seven, and then get up at 11 and then I'm in time for D&D tonight, mm-hmm. and then went, fuck, we have the podcast at eight my time this now. <laughs> so that was me going to sleep, and then literally woke up at seven, a you message and saying, sound check in 35 minutes, and I went, yes. <laughs> so that was me running about, trying to get a topic, trying to get my happy ending, trying to get my drink, trying to get everything set up for this. And I was like, ah, this is going to be the shittest, situation I've been in a good while. So we're four days into this week and I have slept roughly about nine of the hours. Sounds like a good week. Oh, it sort of has because I've had shit done. Like I've got shit done. That's that's something. But it's definitely been one of the ones. And then what makes it even fucking worse? I, 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 I can't say worse because it's got to be a good week. But it was like, I I thought I still had a week before the charity week, right. but it's sprung on top yeah, of me. It's this week. So, so it's like, <laughs> once we, we finish this, I'm then going a, we've got D&D, so I'll have D&T until like 6, 7 in the morning. And then my plan this week is tomorrow, as in Monday, I'm going to have like a two, three hour horror stream. It yeah. kind of kick off the charity week, what and then Tuesday, uh, it'll probably be nine ten p.m. my time. Oh shit! So, I, I wanted to try and move my streams around so it didn't conflict with yours. Well, nine ten p.m. my time is it's like the, noon my time. Yeah, and uh, Monday and Tuesday, you know, starting at three p.m. when I'm on no, Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday, I start at three. Ah, oh, fuck! It's the other way around, isn't it? That's all right. I'll, we'll figure well, it out. We'll if it's anything, it. I'm only streaming on Monday, and then the next stream will only be until Thursday because on Monday I'll do a wee three-hour stream just with a horror game or whatever, and then Tuesday I don't stream, but I've got football training <laughs> in real life, and then I've got uh, Fazbo with Habit and Zim on mm. Tuesday night. So I don't have to stream. It's on Zim's channel. That's awesome. And then Wednesday, I'm going to take off so that I can try and just chill 
And then Thursday, I'm doing the baking stream mm-hmm. where I'm making spookies. Yeah, baking stream. <laughs> and something else which is going to be interesting is a recipe that I found from something like 1937. What? And it's absolutely fucking horrifying. So it makes thing. It makes sense. Um, I want to see and- that. We have another surprise because thanks to Dread being me a recipe, I have become a pickler. A pickler? Yes, I've right. pickled my own gherkins. Your own gherkins, <laughs> huh? Yep, so I have my own pickles and they should be ready for Thursday. So we'll do our thing. And then Friday, I'm going to do a stream, just another kind of two, three hour stream. And then on the Saturday, I'm doing the twelve-hour charity stream for actual charity. Um, yeah, I'm still Saturday. Saturday up I, a couple of things, but Saturday I need to clear some time so I can pop in and help uh, uh, collab on that charity stream with you. Oh, definitely. Because you said you want to do some co-op stuff, so I know I yeah. got some time. I know I got some time set aside. I got to go hang out with my my kid that Saturday. Um, for a couple hours, but after that I need to get back, and then I want to. I want to get. I want to get in and play a couple games or something like an hour or two with you on the charity stream to try and, like, you know, keep you rolling. Because I've done 12 hours. That shit gets <laughs> rough, man. If you ain't got nobody to hang with, that shit gets yeah. rough. Well, yeah. the plan is, is with being the 12 hours, I think I'm going to do It's either going to start 3 p.m. my time or 4 p.m. my time. Okay. And then run till, like, 3, 4 a.m. Yeah, and well, then yeah. Plenty of time. I can get... Time. A, a decent amount of time, like UK time, where I'm awake, mm-hmm. and get a decent amount of kind of US time. Uh, but I've got some plans. I mean, I'm still, I, I still need to try and need to like finalize things, mm-hmm. um, like getting like collabs and, and, and stuff like that. Like again, I literally messaged a bunch of people like weeks ago saying. Oh, do you what? Can you be a part yet? So that I'm not doing it all myself, yeah. and then literally just spaced on everything, thinking, "Ah, oh, I've got six <laughs> weeks to go," and then like still yeah, last week, ah, I've still got weeks. It's still like so far away. And then the day I woke up, and went, "Fuck, it's tomorrow." Right. Shit, but that's 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 not a great fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. You talked you talked about it last week, and I, I told uh, B before she left. I said Chris has got a a big charity live stream thing coming up and uh on the 12 hour i want to i want to drop in and do some collabs and she was like yeah whatever do what you got to do because she's amazing it's like a good that. cause as well like oh, it's, yeah. that's why i want to try and get because it's for rad it's rise above the disorder it started off as a a, a, a gamers mental health right charity and it's kind of like just grew and grew and it's like it's not just about gamers, but basically what happens is it's a charity that funds therapy sessions. Right. So it's like thirty dollars is like I think it's it's either one or two sessions. Mm-hmm. But see, for people that can't afford therapy, because therapy it, it can cost a lot of money. Yeah, uh, this charity is like, but you can do online class or uh, sessions and stuff like that. And it can be anonymous, it can be, so like, they really have a big fucking scale. And obviously, like, mental health and that is is one of the big themes for, like, the podcast there and well, yeah, a lot of the other things. I got so, mental health, you got mental health. Who doesn't have mental health these days? Exactly. So, it, and 
getting help shouldn't be only for the elite and the rich. So yeah. it's, a, it's a really, really good... Uh, obviously, I'm still worried that I might be asking for too much. Like, the goals... Like, I've got... A, like, the goals are a small, but my end goal, I feel as if, might be just that little bit too high. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the ones, at the same time, I've made it as high as I think it could go, and that I want it to be a special, like, the the whole point of it is that if we reach the goal, I'm going to go and do a real-life ghost hunting stream. I'm not yeah. going to do a ghost hunting stream for $500. Like, that's just no how it's going to work. Right. Like, it's just, like, um, it would cost me that to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I talked so, to me about that, because we, we, we had mentioned off-stream, we had mentioned on-stream, like, if you make the goal, maybe, like, I could try and swing out because it's going to be in 2022 if you make the goal of Ghost Hunt. Yeah. Uh, B and I talked about maybe if uh, you make the goal, I can try and swing out there. Because I'm a big fucking scary cat. Like, I was, I was like, well, maybe if Chris makes his goal, I can I can fly over there. It's That's enough lead time where I could put some money away and get my passport in order. And I'll just I'll just pop in <laughs> and for like the week or whatever and be like, yeah, I'll be terrified in an insane asylum <laughs> in the dark. I like being in the dark. I just don't like being scared. Like I, I'm one of those guys that like, I know how to handle fear, like in a in a conflict situation. But like, I don't like the adrenaline dump of of being scared. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I love, I love being scared. <laughs> Not me. No, I'd rather be calm, comfortable. But like, I mean, if shit goes down, I'm not gonna be like, ah, ah. I'm gonna be like, what, what do I need to kill? See that's the thing. Like, um, I I genuinely hate being scared. Right. right? Me see too. the like. See the fact that I do the horror streams and all that. That is so out of my comfort zone that it's one of the reasons why one I don't stream as much, mm-hmm. and two the horror streams really only take up like one day right. because I have like uh, an over imagination and like uh, <laughs> uh I've, I've got actual things there's actual diagnosed things that it just causes like horror and all that kind of stuff just because like it's like four or five days right. before my recover. mind kind of settles that it's not real right you so the fact that i mean what makes it funny is if you coming across and did this uh, thing would be fucking hilarious because Monster three weeks ago agreed to date with me as well. Oh yeah. I don't know if he's gonna forgo or anything like that, oh, but he's, he's agreed. Legend. I've already like that's it. He's not getting out it now because it's doing yeah. his way. It's doing Liverpool way. I will. I'll definitely try. Like, cause that would be a cool thing for like a charity. Get the three of us on like, just like mobile phone streaming <laughs> on Twitch. <laughs> be like, all right, cause I got a I got a thing where I can put my phone on my wrist and I can like hold it up as we're going through with a flashlight and everybody be like, oh, ah! <laughs> you know, or I could record it and we could cut it into a video for everybody to see. It'd be hilarious. And dude, I, you guys seen my in the few games I played horror games, like my reactions are intense, like yours are. Yeah. Imagine us in a fucking insane asylum in the dark. Oh God, you'll be like, well, I need well, to go. I'll be like, no. <laughs> That's the thing, like, the, it will be fucking hilarious, just, but, like, like, you look at, like, the Phasmophobia streams and all that right. kind of stuff, but it's, it's one thing we have in Zim, like, we have the banter, so it doesn't feel as scary, 
but I know fine well that the three years are just fucking absolutely terrified. Like Zim <laughs> can try and act hard and chat all he wants, but I know he's fucking scared. Right. If if it was there for me and Haber being in there as well, <laughs> it, it would be less funny. Right. Um, but it's that kind of way. I've tried. I've looked about to try and find the best one, and this one done in Liverpool. It's literally an ex, an ex asylum, ex hospital. Ex orphanage. Dude, so you were like asking changed. for demons to come after you. Yeah, exactly. Like it's changed quite a lot of fucking things. Um and then the other places up in Scotland where it's the Inverary, it's the jail, the graveyard, and mm. there's another part of it. I think it's the morgue. But that's oh, like like Lord that's been lovely. it's been on actual TV shows have been mm. a, a horror place in fucking UK. So but they're private. The thing with the Liverpool one is it's like you buy tickets and there's going to be other people. I've I've messaged them and I've been talking to them about trying getting like a private a one. Private tour, but yeah. the Inverary one is a private tour and they seem a lot more. We could sort something out, kind right. of thing. So I don't know if it's if it's going to just be the Scottish style and right. we'll just fucking we'll do it that way. But I'll there's a lot help. of things. Oh, Dave. No, you've no got a kilt. Is it's it like no? It's... No, because it's got pockets. You're going to fucking you're gonna have, to fight, you're gonna have to fight B with that one. Yeah. It's, it's not a kilt. <laughs> but, I mean, let, there's, an interesting, there's an interesting conversation to be have about being scared, right? Like, I have a... I, I popped into her massage stream a couple of days ago when I had free time. And she was like, oh, I like being scared. But I got, like, anxiety disorders. I'm like, then how can you like being scared? It's like, like I don't understand. Like, like she, like my sister, my sister Ashley, she loves like horror movies and she likes being scared. She likes going to haunted houses and scared. I'm like, how? What? Like what? I don't mind like, like freaky shit, but like I don't like being scared because I'm like I'd I'd rather not. I'd rather not have that like oh, shit, we're going to die feeling, or, oh, shit, I'm going to have to kill somebody to survive feeling. Like, I don't get it, but, like, some people do, and I don't, I don't understand it. Like, it, it boggles, and I'm not, I'm not shaming anybody or whatnot. I just, how can you like being scared? I don't understand the, I don't understand it. And then with you not liking to be scared, but yet you're like, I'm going to play a horror game. It's like, does not compute. I mean, really. But mine is totally content-based. Like, uh -huh. I never set out to do horror streams. When I first started doing the streams, my whole thing was, I'm going to play with friends. It's going to be really, really fun. I was going to be playing with, like, you guys. Because, like, when you think, my first flurry into, like, the streaming side of things mm -hmm. was jumping on with you guys playing, like, League or anything like that and, among and us doing the podcast. So it was like, that was how I started. That was how I was originally going to go, was I was going to stream the podcast simultaneously. Uh, I was going to stream as doing like League of Legends and, and, and games like that. Um, and then it was just, when I started streaming, it was... I can't even remember what the first game I played. It was either Alien or no, Visage. I can't remember. It was that PT-style house game. Where you were walking through the house. So it was yeah. the inside yep. something. Yeah, I, yeah. And the only reason I'd done it was because it no, was somebody. Was there, it was somebody massage. that had said. 
I, I think you were right. I think it was. It was that inside with the, the mm-hmm. because it was the one with the, the child in the yeah cage. It was the just... it was it was the homage to PT. I don't remember the name of it. Where you yeah, watched, yeah. one of the best clips you ever had was when you walked into the bathroom and the chick like came at you, dude. Yeah. that's crazy. No, it wasn't Outlast. It was there was this game called um. It was, it was like inside it was a PT something. Clone. Yeah, it was a PT clone. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna have to. I'll open up my. Because like, I'm sure there the will be fucking aye, yeah, but I can remember doing that because it was I can remember it was in your Discord but I'd message <laughs> it said by the way, would people watch yep. if I put on this horror stream just to and that was what kicked it off was because a Scottish guy screaming like a little <laughs> bitch. <laughs> It's content, apparently. I never knew <laughs> yeah. it was going to be content. I didn't expect it to be content, but it turned out that it was content. And here we are now. Evil Inside, it's called. Yes, Evil Inside, that's it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. There's a yeah. bunch of clips of Evil Inside, and then I done Visage, and then we done Alien mm-hmm. Isolation. Yeah. So it was like, that was the, my expectation. I was the planning. Like, there's <laughs> one there where I was playing Paladins with all you guys. Yep. So that was where I was originally going. was like, say, Paladins, League of Legends, maybe some Warzone. I had just chilling with a bunch of mates and just having fun. And then, like, even to this day, I sit there and, like, I prepare myself when I'm going to do a horror stream. Like, I've literally been preparing myself so much for the last six weeks because I decided that I was going to do this week-long worth of horror. <laughs> and I'm sitting looking up things that I can do. Like, especially, I've got a bunch of games that I'm going to play kind of, like, tomorrow night and then mm-hmm. Friday night. Obviously, Thursday, I'll have the, the baiting stream, so it kind of breaks it up. But for Saturday, I'm sitting there thinking up a bunch of stuff. Like, I'm looking up, like, horror videos on YouTube that I can sit and find me, like, the, the real life ghost videos and that right. kind of stuff just to freak me out. And then I've got a bunch of other like indie games for horror that I could I could I, I could do stuff in that. And it's like I'm sitting there looking at all this stuff and I physically can't watch it the new because if I watch it the new I'll work myself up too much and I'll not be able to actually do it during the actual stream. Right. So I'm having to sit here and plan something. <laughs> Without looking too much in here, <laughs> so that I don't fuck myself up, and it's 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 taking so much mental capacity not to go. I'm not doing this. Fuck that. Right. <laughs> and it's one of the reasons why I've I want to set. Like, I mean, I think the goal I've set is like a thousand dollars. Right. That's like my main. If I hit a thousand dollars, I'm gonna. It's like a thousand or seven hundred and fifty dollars. Where if I hit that, that's I'm gonna do the real life uh, mm. stream. Because what actually, I found this the other day and I was sitting laughing. I was sitting editing, see, when i done that summer of 58. Mm-hmm. I was sitting editing the video for that the other day for YouTube. And I came across a bit where I was explaining to somebody in chat what the game was about. And I was ah, it's it's set in Russia and it's the guy, he's a supernatural blogger where he... He's a skeptic. He doesn't believe in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his viewers or his listeners or readers have like dared him to come to this place. And I, I specifically <laughs> say in that moment, don't get any ideas. <laughs> right. And then continue on. And then I'm sitting here going, 
it was me. It was me that got the idea. It. it was me that decided this myself. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> what am I fucking doing? I literally said to everybody else, don't fucking do this to me. And then I done it. <laughs> right? It's and I've got nobody. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to blame everybody in chat that it's their fault. Like, it's, they've made me do it. But I, I literally can't because it's my own fucking doing. <laughs> Well, it was me that done it. It's one of those like self-fulfilling prophecies where you're like, "Don't make me do this," and all of a sudden you do it. And it's like, "Son of a bitch!" Exactly, and and even still, they do it. Like, even if you come across and Monster said that he's going to come in there, no, I'm still sitting here going, "I'm not going to fucking survive." Right. Like, I'm going to walk down a fucking corridor and. There's just going to be like a bit of fucking table or something like that, and I'm going to be shitting myself. <laughs> like, they I want to put that as a stream. Like, they I want to go out in myself and fucking do it. But, <laughs> but that's the funniest thing that's came for it is through the horror streams. Like, I I done like I don't I, I don't know if you can remember where I done football manager. Yes, and. We la- we literally sat and spoke about how I didn't think football manager was really a big thing, and then I got raided with like thirty seven people, yep. which was fucking hilarious. Right. Um, literally, as we were talking about how you don't get a lot of viewers on football manager. Right. Well, that but, was our assumption anyway. Yeah, exactly. But the horror, like the thing with the horror uh, gaming, is as much as it impacts me mentally. I can't really say anything bad because I've met so many cool other streamers mm-hmm. that have raided or I've raided them or anything like that from playing these games, like a lot, like especially like the indie games. And even at that, the amount of sort of conversations that I've been having, like uh, that Madison game where I've been sitting having the conversations with the developers. Yeah, I was going to say, weren't you in a, talking to devs about a game that's coming out soon? Yeah, um, that Madison was one of them. Um, I'm hoping there's there's hope. That's I can't right. say it's happening, uh-huh. but there might be something happening on Halloween. Nice. Madison. Um, but the they've had to push back the release date because the wish list numbers didn't make up what they oh, what yeah. they felt comfortable with. So it's getting released the seventh of January, mm. but they have kind of not mentioned that something might come on Halloween about that. But oh, there really? is another couple of ones, like, I've spoke to through them, mm-hmm. that have got, like, like the developers of like, Summer of 58 and stuff like that, they've got a new game coming out next year mm-hmm. that we've been talking back and forward. So, well, there is a lot of different things like that that's awesome things have came along from doing the horror streams as much as I fucking hate them. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but again, like, what makes it funny about that is, yeah, you've got, like, Visage and you've got Alien Isolation and stuff like that that I've really enjoyed playing. I'm playing the Blair Witch, or I started the Blair Witch game. Yeah, I'm um, part of that. Which I've no actually went back to, but considering I've slept five hours in the last three days, mm-hmm. that's how my schedule's been the last week. Um that and literally just to prepare for this week that I literally will be here. Uh but what has kind of thing it is is like talking to like yourself and Zim and even Haba 
the indie games I've been a lot more involved in, especially yeah. in the horror thing. Like I've I've been talking to quite a few developers about games and that, and I've got a bunch of indie games on like downloaded, installed, ready to play. Right. Um. So like I have kind of got this newfound love and respect for indie developers. I love indies. They're like best. Just for that, like, just because um, being around like you and like Zim, the amount of like some of the games that Zim plays are just so far fucking out there. Like, you were playing fucking Dungeon Boyfriend. Yeah, like, Boyfriend Dungeon was great. Like that, like, what even fucking is that? Um, yeah, that's what I said. What <laughs> fucking is that? Turned so out to it's be like, fun though. Oh, definitely. Like, I watched as as much as I could, but. It was, it was like, it, it just gives you that newfound, like, there's just a different level of fun that comes with that because I feel as if, like, I'm in a couple of, like, the some of the, the developers have, like, discords and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff for, like, bringing out new games. It's just, it's, just, it's a new thing. They have <laughs> servers for all the games. Yeah. And I think the, the indie games have, it's, it's the same across the board. Uh, it's like you look at like the independent scene for like wrestling. Yep. Like you have like your WWF and you have this new one. AEW. That, yeah. And it's like they have a big following, but it isn't until you go to the independent level where it's that's. It, I don't think you can say it's the real fans because there's real wrestling right. fans that watch the big ones and all that kind of stuff. It's just. Just because they've got traction and money and and success doesn't mean they're no real right. kind of thing. But it's like when you're sitting, like you look at the Japanese wrestling, mm-hmm. New Japan, uh, like, yeah, like see how much of a, a niche market that could sound. But the amount of people and knowledge that comes from it, it's the same in like the gaming world. Is like when you're playing indie games. It's not just a widespread gamer that's playing the independent games. It's a specific player that's playing the specific games. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a way of when you're playing, like when you're finding about like the, the independent horrors or any kind of game, the fan base is so tightly knitted mm-hmm. because they are wanting that specific game. It's not about a genre at right. that point. Like you look at FPS. The amount of gamers, especially on Twitch, that tell me about FPS, it doesn't matter really what FPS it is, but mm-hmm. it's FPS. So you've got Warzone, you've got Apex, you've got fucking... You're going to have Vanguard and Battlefield 2042 coming out soon. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of FPS that a lot of people play. And then like you look at like MMOs. MMOs are big, so you've got like your Final Fantasy, you've got your New World that's just came out. Like you've got stuff like that. Right. Whereas it's not until you get to kind of like independent level where they let they talk less about the genre and they're talking more about the game. Yes. It's that specific game. So that's one thing that I have learned from doing like like picking a kind of genre and going into the sub genre that so like your psycho thought psychological horrors mm-hmm. and your uh, your walk walkabout horrors and and stuff like that. Like there's so many different levels. Like like it, it just it makes you feel a lot more 
wouldn't say welcome because you're most games you are welcome if you're in the right company. Right. Like I'm not gonna shit out every fucking game. But I will there just there seems to ass- be a difference. There are some asshole fandoms where they're like, get the fuck out. League being one yeah. of the most toxic fandoms ever. And then like Warzone being another nasty fucking toxic fandom. See, but uh, again, that that for me that's just the same as ever. It does the toxic and the bad have the louder voice because that's the voice that the media want to showcase because that's the voice that gets them news. So it's that's it's the same across the board. Normally you'll find like not everybody in Warzone's a hacker. You're probably talking like ten percent maybe Uh, are hackers. I'd say maybe like twenty it's more eighty twenty from what I've seen. But is 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 it like, see, when I went into games... No, no, like, no, no, I mean, when 20% I went... of the people you run into are hackers, or 80 are. No, but that's what I'm saying, like, even 20 to me sounds a bit high, in my experience, mm. but it's still not enough to go, well, it's the whole thing, and it's like, League, like, you right. consider all the times that I've played League with you guys, I've no came across some date, like... I think the only t- like there was once or twice where we came across somebody in chat that was just being a dick because they wanted to do a specific thing, mm. and that was it. So it was like hey, all the times that we played League, mm. I never really seen much toxicity. I there is toxicity because when you go into the bit, but that is just a thing that happens. Is like you think of streamers as well. Like, the big streamers, the only times they call out people is when they're being assholes. Right. They don't go, oh, my God, like, this guy's in chat is being so lovely and all that kind of stuff, because it yeah. usually just gets blended in. It's the, the assholes that seem to get sort of, oh, this fucking asshole coming into my chat and saying this. And you're like, well, out of the thousand messages you got, there was one, and you focused on it. So that's why it always seems as if, there's a big fuck. I mean, I know Twitch. I mean, you want to talk about Twitch fandom is the worst fucking toxic place. Like, there's a lot more fucking assholes in Twitch yeah, because they is. can hide behind a keyboard. Keyboard or warriors, they think yeah. they can. Um, know with all these new things like email verification, phone number verification, it's less chance for them to hide now. Right. Uh, but it, it just seems. The the horror style anyway, like the independent and the horror. It to me personally, it feels as if they just put a lot more focus into the actual game. Like mm-hmm. it's something that they love. Whereas, like when you look at like uh, like Warzone or Apex or like that, it's now at the point where they're making money no matter what. So like they don't have to do too much. They just right. put out the same fucking thing over and over. Like you look at Call of Duty Warzone. That's them on season six, but it's the exact same game that they had. Like they had another season six earlier. Mm-hmm. Like they go up to like season eight and then restarted it when they brought out Black Ops and right. started at season one again. But it's the exact same Warzone that it was before Black Ops came out. Right. So it's like they've no actually changed the game. Mm-hmm. It's still the exact same fucking game. So, whereas the independents seem to actually... Each game is, is thing they do. Like, Apex, 
the, the you look at the Apex community and like they'll they'll moan about things like this guy's been nerfed or this guy's too overpowered or anything like that. Said, but when you actually consider it, what has changed in Apex since season one when it came out? They've brought out new characters. That's fair enough. New maps. But what has actually? Well, they brought out new maps. But what else has actually changed? It's still the exact same game. Yeah. They just they just same. switch up the variables. They don't change. The, uh, they don't change the mix. They just change the the flavoring essentially for a while. Exactly, and I, I, at the same time, you can't really find me too much because like technology does not really find me on. If it's working, it's working. I mean, look at fucking. FIFA and Madden. Right. When was the last time we actually had a different game? It's been Never. the exact same game for the last what ten year. They yeah. just the difference is is that player now plays at that team. <laughs> That's it. Right. That's the differences that come into it. It's all the same mechanics. It's the same thing, but they still make money, so they must be doing something. But I think that's just because it's the fandom of they want to play FIFA, they want to play Madden, and that. Uh, so. It's just uh, the independent scene for me. Just I can understand now why the likes of like you and um, and Haber plays a, a fair share of independent games as well. Uh, I could understand why you guys have went done mm-hmm. made into that road because it does seem as if the games are made for specific markets as opposed to let's just pump out the generic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's an interesting discussion that we have had around, like, and it, it's an age-old discussion. It's the AAA versus the indie argument, right? Which one which one is better? And I, I think the, the argument between indie and AAA is, is, isn't which one's better. It's, it's, it's a story of big, big money versus having to do things creatively, right? With, like, Apex <laughs> and FIFA and stuff, you got billion-dollar companies just throwing money at monetization schemes not necessarily at games we're in the indie market you have very sometimes minimal budgets minimal teams like there's a game i want to feature coming up in a week either a week or later this week or whatever because i've been struggling i i dipped into ghost of a tale a little bit because of the art style and and the graphics yeah and i'm really bad at it like the mechanics frustrate me i'm not good at stealth action and it's a series of fetch quests. I just, I, I love the game. I love the storytelling. I love the music. I love the concept. I just, I, I'm bored. I'm bored. Mm. And that's not a knock on the game. That's, that's, I'm just, I'm not yeah, into that. Yeah, it's a I'm preference to you. So I'm probably, I, I moved off it because I was like, I'm getting frustrated, getting caught and getting killed because I'm not good at this style of game. So then yeah. I, then I jumped into another indie title called Shadows of Awakening. Interesting storyline mediocre voice acting problem is is the combat mechanics are very very one note and it's very much it's i'm frustrated because i can see the potential it reminds me of like a really good diablo 2 homage but it doesn't have the engaging mechanics of a diablo 2 right so if the world is interesting and the story is interesting but all i got to do is hold down a button I literally walk forward and hold one button down. I'm not going to play it for 20 hours. I'm really not. Like, it's, it's, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't just get into it. But the game itself might be someone else's cup of tea. If that, like, that's that. 
So, but yeah. there is a game I played before I started streaming, and I want to. I found I I have a I have a I didn't realize I had a PC code for it, but it's it's a game called Dust in Elysian Tale. It is a sort of like a side-scrolling action adventure Metroidvania game. Okay. It was made by one dude, one dude, and it's one of the greatest games I've ever played. I found it way, way back when my kids were little. I found it like 10, 15 years ago, back on the old Xbox 360, like when Xbox 360 first came out, like way back. And I, I realized I had a PC code for it, finally. Like, I was going through my old stash of shit I got everywhere. I found a yeah. code, and I'm like, I want to play this game so bad. Because I actually have a following, a somewhat of a following on Twitch. Dust Elysian Tale is such an amazing game. The voice acting, the music, the combat mechanics, the art style. One fucking dude! And then he got a bunch of friends to do, like, the voice acting. One dude, no money, made this game in his garage. Got it on Xbox Arcade back in the day. And on random happenstance, I downloaded it because I, I was like, oh, you know, it's kind of got this anthropomorphic animal Disney adventure style, like art style. But the storyline is this. The storyline is a maturity and it, and it goes on a thing where you're like, whoa, I didn't expect that. Like, whoa, what the fuck? And. Games like Dust and Elysian Tale, and then I, you guys hear me talk about Hades a lot. Yeah. Hades is probably made by one of the greatest AAA indie developers ever. Because Supergiant Games is... They make... Every game they make, it's a, re, it's a redefinition of who they are as a studio. Right? Right. They have the same yeah. touchstones. Great art, great music, great voice acting, inventive mechanics. Right? But... <laughs> All the games they release are so different from each other. It started out with a game called Bastion, which, if I can get a copy of it, I'll play it on stream, because Bastion's amazing. Then Transistor came out, and Transistor is this neo-noir sort of murder mystery real-time, but with like strategic combat with this amazing soundtrack. Like, I'll, I'll like, off-stream, I'll stream the fucking Transistor soundtrack one day. I'll just, I'll have it play on Discord. It is this neo-jazz noir kind of shit that is like, it. when I heard it, I was like, it was n nothing that I've ever heard before. It was so good, right? Mm. And I, I watched Supergiant grow from an indie arcade, like on Xbox with Bastion, to like Hades getting every fucking award in the gaming industry known to man, right? And everybody's like, oh, Supergiant's indie. No, Sweet Cheeks, they're not indie no more. They're not indie no more, but what what they do what they do is they keep that indie spirit, and they they highlight that indie like creativity and uniqueness and willing to push the boundaries and do something new that most AAA don't. Most AAA are like, oh, that works. Make fifty copies of it. Just <laughs> like make fifty copies of it. Super Giant. They're like, okay, so Hades made us a bajillion fucking dollars. I'll guarantee their next game, Game 5, is going to be a, a departure from Hades. It's going to be something that they've never done before. And it's going to be like they reinvented themselves. Because after Transistor and Bastion, which were like side-scrolling adventure titles, but with mm. different flavors and unique world-building and, and a wholly different mechanics, they literally made... I, I will, they made a game called Pyre. Pyre is basically a high school basketball 
visual novel simulator, right? But it's wrapped okay. in this in this fan. And I want to I want to bring Pyre back too because I played it back in the day, and I and I I had no viewership on 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 stream whatsoever. But I love the story of Pyre so much. Like, there's a point in Pyre, like when I played it first time, I literally yelled at my my screen because I was like, "You can't do this! You can't make me choose! No!" Right? Even though the choice was amazing. <laughs> through this journey of like this traveling basketball team for you know i'm 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 bastardizing the concept because i don't want to like i don't want to like spoil it too much but like through this traveling basketball sim i had grown so attached to the to this troop of characters where when the choice came i literally like damn near broke down i was like no don't make me choose and it's and I think that highlights what what indie is to me, right? Yeah. Indie has, and when I talk about indie and AAA, I am never talking about the developers, like the people making the games, inability to do something, because AAA yeah. devs are they're mandated to do things a certain way. You have to do it this way. This is what needs to be done. So a lot of times, devs in AAA games do the best they can with handcuffed hands. Okay. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Where like indie guys, a lot of studios like Supergiant and then um, uh, Cellar Door and Twin Motion, the guys that did Dead Cells and and a couple other uh, Rogue Legacy too, those guys don't have the handcuffs. The the, the yeah. creatives are in charge. Where in the AAA's, the marketing guys are in charge and the, and the execs are in charge. So yeah, the the thing about indies for me is it's. They have the ability to tell the tale they want to tell, and they have the ability to 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 not worry about the balance sheet in a way. Though ultimately they're looking at the balance sheet, they're saying yeah. that the balance. Yes, this is going to cost us money. Yes, we hope it makes money, but this is this is us. There, there's a genuineness to any indie game that I've played, and I've never played an indie game where I'm like, this is a bad game. I've said where it's not for me or the mechanics don't work for me, but I've never played an indie game where it's been necessarily a bad game. Yeah. Like every indie game I've played has always had something that I've taken a positive from. Now that to be fair, I'm, I'm saying there's a lot of shovelware and a lot of shit games out there because they're, they're shitty devs, like guys who are just asset flipping and whatnot. But I've personally never spent money on an indie game and walked away from an indie game and said that was a bad game. I mean, I have. I can't really find me. Like, I played... Uh, this, this was a good few months ago. I played a horror game and it was about dolls or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like you were a child in a crib and if a certain noise made, you had to turn on the light. If this if this happened, you had to do this. You had to sit down. You had to stand up. And it was just so unenjoyable that I turned it off after like mm-hmm. an hour. And okay. started playing something else, but again, like that does kind of flurry into your thing. Like you will eventually come across an indie game that just. But I think you also have to add in yet that not every game is going to be your kind of thing. Like you, right. you were speaking about that the 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 basketball novel I, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's been so long since I played the game because that's one of the things that. I wish I could 
and say it's that I want to find a game where the story is immersive and gripping and, and stuff like that. But the problem that I've got is with like ADHD and all that kind of stuff. So many people turn around and go, Oh, you need to try this, you need to try this. And it's like, but I'm so uninterested in that genre or I'm so uninterested in, in that game mm. that like, yeah, you can find the game immersive and the story be so gripping and that kind of stuff. That's fair enough. But for me it isn't. Right. And it's almost as if in some cases it's it's almost as if it's an attack on me that me thinking that that game isn't good. It's like, well, you just you are not a gamer, and it's like, ah, fuck off. Yeah. But it's like, I have been longing for a game for so like. This is how it. it, it I mean, this might make it sound as if it's quite bad, but the last game I can remember playing that was proper immersive, a proper go in yeah, it was proper shocking to me, was Modern Warfare 2, the campaign for that where the Russians invaded it America, was, was like such an amazing concept to fuck, imagine in a world where the Russians did go, ah, oh, we're fucking invading you, fuck you, like th- that whole thing fuck. just like blew my mind, like yeah, played like, um, Last of Us is a, a great game as well. Like I love the story in that. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. I love the story in that. I've not played the second ones. I've been watching Haber play as part for the day. Right. Um, I've been watching Haber play The Last of Us Two that I've been really enjoying. Like to the point where I'm going back to watch VOD so that I can actually enjoy the game. Uh, but it's just one of the ones that. Last of Us 2, I attempted to play it when it first came out, but me personally, I couldn't actually. To me, it's one of the games where the story is so much better that I'd rather watch somebody else play through the story and me just enjoy the story than me have to actually do the things. And it was like, like, like Modern Warfare 2 was just, I was so involved in that campaign. It was just great. Now, that was what fucking... 15 years ago, maybe yeah. even longer than that. It's been a but minute. Trying to find a game which has kept my attention. And, to, and I know I'm like one of the worst ones, with, as I say, with like ADHD and, and that. It's it's hard for me to keep an attention. Mm. So, like, I've played like Horizon Zero Dawn and I loved Horizon Zero Dawn. But as soon as I get that moment where I lose slight interest, I'll no go back. I've tried playing Metal Gear Solid. I love the story in Metal Gear Solid, but I then just stopped. And it's because of the type of games, like Horizon Zero Dawn, I think I was like maybe 30, 40% into the story. But because it's been like three years since I last played it, I wouldn't be able to go from that point mm-hmm. because I forgot all the mechanics. I forgot all the controls. So I'd have to start again. It was the same with, oh, it was a game. Fuck, I can't even remember what the game, what I was actually, like, it's no Horizon Zero Dawn. There's another game that I started playing, and I was really, really into it, and Skyrim. Yeah. I really, I, I was so involved, like, I was playing Skyrim for, like, fucking 12 hours a day, seven days a week, and then I went a good few months where I was doing other things, but I can't go back to it, because I was, my character is, like, so leveled up, and it's now beyond my 
actual level of being able to play that game. So I'd have to restart the entire thing. So I've been just I've I've been looking and searching for a game that just captures my interest so well that I can just sit and play it. And like that's why one of the reasons why like the horror games I've been playing the horror games is because it's one of the few kind of genres that have been taking my interest and I've been playing right through them mm. because it's more about getting scared and just enjoying myself and, and, and stuff like that. Whereas, like, I, I, I'm going to try and play that Plague game. Mm. Yeah, oh, that Plague Tale was... Innocent? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to try and play that, that one of them. Too. They're like, you should yeah. play this. And I, I haven't yeah. committed to it. It looks good, but, like, when I when I watch the trailers and everything, I'm like, that's dope, but I don't want to play it. <laughs> like, it looks great, and it won tons of awards, and it's totally up my alley as, like, an indie game with an immersive story, and there's a gripping narrative with a brother and sister, and, and my reaction is, eh. like, you would think <laughs> that's my that's my jam, right? I'm just like, I, have a set mm-hmm. invest in chat. If it clicks, it clicks, right? You gotta find something. And, yeah. And you were talking about a, a game that can immerse you. My thing is, is I don't have a hundred, like, I do have a hundred hours on Twitch, like, like, I can. But, like, up here, I don't have 150 hours of game in me for one title. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't do 150 hours of, like, Skyrim or, or Final Fantasy. It's not my jam. But an indie title, like, like Boyfriend Dungeon, 25 hours in and out, because I tried to, like, do everything and discover everything. You know, I tried to get all the loot. Yeah. I tried to grind up my characters to be max to fight the boss. But, like, a game that's, like, 10 to 30 hours. That's sort of my sweet spot, right? Yeah. He says this, and he still hasn't... He still has... <laughs> I have not finished To the Moon. I don't even, I haven't even played that yet. Um, But yeah, like, a lot a lot of conversation around um gaming comes around, like, value... Length, length of time over value of money. Where, like... Mm. And the cost of games. Oh, you're charging seventy dollars for this game or that game, or sixty dollars for this game or that game, right? Yeah. And then you have the argument of, oh, an indie wants twenty dollars, and well, it's only five hours long. Okay. Yeah. But so you're gonna give an indie dev twenty dollars, which most of that money is gonna go to the devs. You're gonna get five hours of something that somebody put their blood, sweat, and tears in that didn't go through a factory. And maybe or maybe not have one of the most interesting gaming experiences of your life. Like, I don't under... I, I have a problem with the, well, you're charging me X for... But it's got to be 100 hours. You know? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, people are like, oh, yeah. I'm paying $60. It's got to be 150 hours. And it's got to be... It's got to be 90 million things to do. And it's got to have the biggest graphics. No. Like, I'll pay $10 for a two-hour experience. Because I paid $15 to go to a fucking movie. <laughs> if it if, yeah. it's, if it's a good title and it's well scripted and it's well done and it's and it runs me ten dollars and it's only two hours and I had a great time with it, that's ten dollars well spent. If it's ten dollars and it's trash, that's a different story. But like yeah. I've heard this argument about really good indies not being able to make their bones back because people are like, well, they want twenty dollars and it's only a five hour game. You pay sixty dollars yeah. every six months to EA for the next Madden. Like, <laughs> Shut the fuck up! 
quality yeah. isn't necessarily quantity and quantity isn't necessarily quality you yeah. have to you have to look at it and and make the judgment call for you that like like your emote it's a science experiment i'm gonna lose 20 quid but i'm gonna yeah. find out if this is a legitimate thing right well you find yeah, exactly. out you dropped yeah, of course yeah look look at what you you mentioned boyfriend dungeon earlier boyfriend dungeon not the highest production quality game, right? Some sprite-based, tile-based dungeoning. Mechanics are a little jank. The art is really good. The voice acting is minimal. It's $20 or free on Game Pass. Yeah. I, I, if, I, if I didn't have it on Game Pass, I'd have been totally happy if I had spent $20. I'd have been yeah. like, that was, that was an enjoyable experience. Shit, you go, watch, you go watch anything in IMAX right now. The new Dune movie in IMAX is out. It's $16 a ticket for two and a half hours. I got... 20 hours out of Boyfriend Dungeon, and it was totally enjoyable. Yeah, I think that is, is the, I mean, again, it, it goes into the, everybody's own preference, like, right. what you enjoy in a game, I'm a bit enjoying a game, and I think that's where people kind of get things twisted, and uh, it's not that you wouldn't pay that kind of money for a game, it's that you wouldn't pay that kind of money for certain games, right. like, it's one thing turning around and saying, right, I bought a, an independent game that cost me 20 quid. I got seven, eight hours with it, and I really enjoyed the game. That's fair enough. But you could also turn around and go, I paid £20 for a game that I got seven hours and it was shit. Yeah. Like, even though it's the same thing. It's that, but I think the problem is, is a lot of people kind of in like the, like you said, like the, I think like the AAA side of things is there's a lot of people that are like developers and creators and stuff like that that they put a lot of their time mm -hmm. and time in yeah. creating like new story arcs new things and all that kind of stuff so it is the a, a shit on triple a things like you said but it's one of the ones like like have said said everybody ha is going to have a different style i actually had this conversation with my sister the day where we were talking about batting it was like early 2000, early 2000, I went to a music festival at Hamden Park, right? Film music festival, uh, there was like 20 different artists, and I'm not saying like nobody knows artists, I was talking about at that time it was artists, like you had like Sugar Babes and stuff like that, it was a decent, uh, why are you yelling ducks, that's it? <laughs> my cat, my I, my my, my crooked ass pinky hit the cat block, so I didn't notice because I was trying to pay attention to you and type a message to have because I'm like, oh, I got it, and I didn't even because I was looking at my screen where the camera is, and I was like looking at the keyboard, and I didn't realize that my my pinky had hit the cat block, so I'm I not yelling. <laughs> but I went to this music festival and see for a ticket, and it was six hours worth of like just artists gone up and doing their wee songs it cost me £13.50 for the ticket right now back at the same time see if you went into like uh, HMV or something like that to buy the album with the bands mm -hmm. you were talking 20 quid for the album you used to be able to go to a concert for a tenner and it would cost you 20 for the album now the music's free you can get Spotify you can find right. like the YouTube and all that kind of stuff and it's free and it's the concerts that are expensive or yeah. they cost money. And I can't grudge paying that kind of money because the concerts have become, it's the show. It's yep. the, in some cases, once in a lifetime kind of thing. Cause I, I, but it's the, it's the concept of I paid 
or 90 euros, so it was about 90 quid, say, mm. for Bruce Springsteen. He was playing it in was. Ireland. It cost me 90 quid for the ticket, and it cost me something, I think it was like 90 pound for flights and hotel for like mm. three days, right? So it was 180 quid all in. I went to that concert, and for five hours straight, Bruce Springsteen was on stage singing. There was a moment where the band went off for 40 minutes and he done an acoustic set. Yeah, and then the band came back machine. out. There was no support. There was no thing, mate. I paid 90 quid. Best 90 quid I paid in a, a gig. My sister went to M&M. She paid £45. She turned up at 7 o'clock. Support act came on and done a two and a half hour set. M&M was on stage for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then left. That was it. Forty-five pound for twenty minutes, basically. Am and M, and you look at. But that's where the difference is. I would happily pay the ninety pound for Bruce Springsteen because one, you got a fucking show, right. and two, I liked it. I wouldn't have paid forty-five pound for M and M for twenty minutes. Yeah, like Foo Fighters. I went to see Foo Fighters, and the tickets cost me twenty-seven pound. Mm-hmm. And the Foo Fighters put on a gig. It was £60 for Ramstein. Ramstein put on a fucking Ram- show. Can we they've talk- got pyro. They've got fucking movies getting played in the fucking can, screens. Can we, talk, on their can songs. we talk about Ramstein for a minute? Can we talk about Ramstein for a minute? Those dudes are fucking insane. The fucking, fucking show, right. like the show they put on. The show they put on <laughs> is disgustingly like. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. They go all fucking out. And, it, like, you can go, like, if you go, like, the stadium tour, they were doing a stadium tour last year that got cancelled because, like, COVID and stuff like that. And I think it was working out to, like, 80, 90 pound a ticket. But again, you're like, it's 90 pound and you're getting, like, a five hour fucking experience. It's not just turning up and, and doing that. You feel and like you've been like, through some shit after a Ramstein show, don't you? Oh, fucking definitely. <laughs> it, it really is. But I know, again, it depends if, if it's the genre that you're in. Yeah, exactly. If you're into that sort of music, go and fucking see Ramstein. But that's the thing is, like, I've paid so I've paid on the higher end of scales. I've paid right, on the cheaper so end of scales. Tenacious D was about 35, 40 quid to go and see them. Great fucking show because mm-hmm. it's, it's not just music, it's fucking comedy. You're getting doubled on that. But I have been to shows where I've went and even turned around and gone, 20 quid was too much. Yeah. 20 quid really was they worth this. Or you've turned up and so like 50 quid, you've got 20 minutes, say, a fucking, the person you went to go and see. And it's like, I can see why. It's a, but then again, that kind of also falls into the whole triple A independent. Like, you've got like your big pop stars and all that kind of stuff. Now, Full disclosure, Taylor Swift, fucking queen. Uh, I went to go and see her, and she was like £65 for a ticket, right? Mm -hmm. To Tay Tay, right? And it was good. It was was good, but it was like a generic pop concert. That was it. Then I went and paid, I think it was something like £17 I paid for Frank Turner. Now, Frank Turner is a lesser known artist, he does a lot of like thousand capacity uh, mm-hmm. places and that. Frank Turner, one of my favourite fucking artists in the world. His music's fantastic. It was a great fucking show. I preferred going to Frank Turner than Taylor Swift. 
Taylor Swift had a lot more like fucking lights and look at all this fucking we've got money, look at what we can put into it. But it was all generic. Whereas Frank Turner is just like him, his guitar and his band. Fucking fantastic. See, Spice Girls Reunion tour. Spice Girls Reunion is alright, but see unless you've been to the Spice Girls original, which I have. Uh, like that that was an experience. <laughs> right? Like I'm OG Spice Girls. I, I, I guess I guess um I guess what we we've highlighted in the especially in the last couple of minutes when talking about music is sometimes having all the bells and whistles isn't the isn't the key to an experience. Sometimes it's yeah. just having those thousand seat dark shows where you're yeah. just you're just you your creativity, your talent make something out of it. And I think I think for me that's kind of the the, the soul of like really good indie is like we have a limited budget, we have limited tools, but we're gonna tell a story and we're gonna do it in the most creative way we can. Yeah. And again, developers in AAA, I'll I'll never shit on a developer in AAA, like the the developer themselves, the guy doing the work or the girl doing the coding or whatever, because yeah. they are passionate about what they're doing. They are putting their best foot forward. But nine times out of ten, they're not the ones making the calls. You know, they're they're the ones that are at the desk going, All right, I, I I scripted this this polygon image of that and I, I have this great idea and the people that make the decisions in AAA are like, No, we don't want your creativity, we don't want your innovation. You see yeah, this big, this works. Yeah, this what works, this is what they want. This this next loot box, this next this next grind, this next this next yeah. generic sort of paramilitary fps this next sort of roster update for madden this is what's going to make us money and the shareholders are going to go good job and i'm going to get a bonus and you're going to work 80 hours of ot okay right perfect we're in the indie space you got people who are like yo what if we made a character this way and what if we told this story in this setting where it starts out one way and then goes dark but yet at the end of this like at the end of this journey through this darkness, there's a catharsis that pays off. Or let's just make a happy, bouncy little platformer where, like, you and your buddy, like, look at Unravel. Have you ever, have you ever played Unravel or Unravel Two? I've not played, but I have seen nothing dark about Unravel. It's just you and your buddy running through the woods, you know, overcoming <laughs> and whatnot. Great little fun story. That's the that's the that's the cool thing about Independence is they're not handcuffed. I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. And without being handcuffed, you're allowed to sort of experience things. And one of the other coolest indie games I've ever played was um, a game called Red Strings Club. It's a it's a it's a cyberpunk inspired pixel thriller where most of the action takes place in a bar, and you're serving drinks and talking to people. All right, and at the end of that game, I almost started crying because the storyline 
is about corporate corporate control and all this other stuff. And throughout the story, you find out something about what's about to happen, and you you have to make a choice. Hmm. Do do you do you let it happen? Do you try and change it? Do you shut it down, or do you try and focus on the people that you developed a relationship with and can you save them yeah and at the end of it i literally as i was reading the like reading the the text as it was going on you could hear my voice crack as like <laughs> the the story and the the connections made from just the way the developers told the story the only time I felt like that, like you said, Modern Warfare Two is a great example. Like, in that, there are a couple moments where you like, did I, did that just happen? <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Like, Triple A, Modern Warfare Two is a great example of Triple A really getting it right because there, the campaign especially. You're like, holy shit! <laughs> no, was it Modern Warfare Two that had the airport scene? Right. I think Modern Warfare 2 had the airport scene where you yeah, literally... Yeah. Like, okay, trigger warning for anybody, just just a heads up, that, and, and I'm not trying to spoil anything, but th this is kind of sensitive. In Modern Warfare 2, there is a scene in the campaign where you roll in with this force and you just slaughter everyone. Yeah. Like, you literally gun down everybody in an airport. Yeah. No... No remorse, no care, no quarter, no nothing. And when that happened, I was like, holy shit. And I think Modern Warfare 2 is one of the examples of where, like, you... I'm not trying to, like, hype this up or, or be hyperbolic. To me, Modern Warfare 2 is one of the, one of the few games where you really where a major portion of the gaming public got their hands on doing an atrocity. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can, I can agree with that. You li you're in control of an atrocity, and, like, but even if you don't participate, your teammates do. So you have to witness it, whether you participate or not. Yeah. And that was a shocking fucking moment, brought to you in, like, the highest graphical fidelity with the best sound around like you you literally like you're in it yeah and i was like i was a little older when modern warfare 2 came out because i'm in my 40s and even i was like i'm gonna need a minute after that scene i was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go <laughs> get a dr pepper and be like yes dread spec ups the line amazing amazing game and yeah, Spec Ops Line is another sort of third-person action military game. I don't know. You ever play it, Chris? No, I've never even had it. I'm I'm not gonna go rehash it all, but basically, you play a, a Spec Ops unit tasked to do a job, right? And then it twists, and you're like, "Oh, I the back. Oh, I don't feel like it's like anybody. You can get Spec Ops Line for like." I don't know, usually on Steam for like five bucks on sale. It is right. amazing. The storyline goes from like sets out one way and you're like, you're the US, you're spec ops, you're 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 handling business, and then this and then the swerve hits and you're like 
I don't feel so well. <laughs> I I really don't feel well after that. And I think that's a great example of AAA getting it right, of letting a developer, letting those really talented devs take that really big budget and that really big to- toy kit and saying, do something amazing with it. Yeah. It's a, yeah, oh yeah, it does. Spec Ops Alliance is great. It's, it's fucking phenomenal. But yeah, like, AAA is not devoid of, of heart or depth or creative talent. It's just handcuffed. Mm. It's handcuffed by, by the sales team. It's handcuffed by the marketing team. It's handcuffed by the executives. It's handcuffed by the finance department. Where indie, indie isn't handcuffed like that. But could you also argue that it's also handcuffed by the consumers? Because. Yep. And a lot of these things, the way are like you look at, like look at uh, Call of Duty, as especially, mm-hmm. you think they brought out Modern Warfare Two. They then brought out the third one, where it was like the whole point of Modern Warfare was it was warfare that could have been. It was it was not historic, but. The thing with it was when they made certain changes, the consumer complains. Yeah. So it's it's in some cases you kind of just put it down that, that you've got these sales execs and all that kind of stuff that don't want to do it. But it's the exact same thing of a lot of the times it's the consumers that don't want to change. Like because they've been so thingy to this one. Anything that's a drastic change. Like you look at fucking how how much has Battlefield changed? Look how much is uh, like Call of Duty really changed and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they brought out new campaigns and, and and that, but I do think like you also have to mention that the consumers have a big say in it as well. Yes, they do, hundred percent. Like, because if they don't buy something that's different, why the fuck would that a gaming company make it different? Yeah, chat, Dread and Chat specifically highlighted that point. He said people. People say they want innovation, they want new, they want different, but then they don't. When something new and different comes out, they don't. They don't pay for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. That's 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 pretty much it. So it's like it's one thing to say that like the 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 creators and the developers and that are like handcuffed by sales and and marketing and and the execs and that. But I think a big portion of it is is it is due to the consumer mm-hmm. and them not wanting companies to stray too far from what they're actually wanting. So uh, you add in too much new things and all because like, you look at Apex. Apex has hardly actually changed, right? Really, new maps, new guns, new ca- uh, new legends and stuff. But mm-hmm. see, when they bring out a new legend or a new gun or something like that, there's a big whiplash of people complaining about it. Oh, this guy's too OP. Or this guy has the diamond. And then they'll do a patch update where they've went or of a. We've nerfed this guy, or we've we've finally this, and people still complain. Like that's just the way it is for public. Like there's always going to be a a percentage where they're just going to complain about absolutely fucking everything that you put out. Right. But so I think you also have to touch on that it's not just in the AAA games. Well, yeah. It's consumers play a big part in that, and I think it is a case of it doesn't matter if it's. I think independents get a lot more try to rephrase this in the right way like they get a lot more freedom mm-hmm. that AAA games don't get either through consumer mm-hmm. ways because 
an independent game will be create, as I said, independents, they don't create just a generic genre-filled game. There's a niche market and the specific mechanics that they're creating. Whereas the AAA titles, they have like such a limited amount of space mm. to be able to do it because, as I said, it has to be FPS or it has to be MMO. It has to have this certain criteria. It has to have this certain mechanic. It has to have this certain storyline. Mm. Otherwise, the majority will not buy it. And that's why like independents get a lot more thing because they've they've put like they've put their heart and soul and that's no taking it away for developers the AAA games. Right. They all are in the same fucking boat. Just because they got a big job at that, where they right. were making maybe a wee bit more money, it still it does they curb their creativity. But no, not at all. I think it's just that the independents are, are allowed through consumers, like they're targeting an actually like a specific audience as opposed to a generic audience. And I think that's another way that you have to actually look at. And I'd have a makes it, I think, because I've seen quite a few people that have, have said that about Mass Effect 3. And you also have to look at fucking like the hatred that Last of Us to the fact that Laura Bailey was getting fucking targeted yeah, like, because of her portrayal of Abby. And it's like, yeah, like me and Dredd spoke about Last of Us 2 and said it's not necessarily why we would have done it. Like when me and Dredd talked about it, I was like, I would have loved Last of Us to not create the game surrounding Ellie and that, but they could have opened up the world of Last of Us. Mm. Like, it, they could have... See if they'd created a game where you weren't in America following too close to Ellie and, and, and stuff, but you could have had a story that comes out of Japan. What happens when this hits Japan? Yes, what happens when this... So you could have been, like, following different characters... In that sense, you could have turned just like Last of Us could have brought out, like Naughty Dog could have brought up 17 games through The Last of Us, just in different areas of the globe, different mm-hmm. things. They could have had things like, they could have had where you were following, at, like, with Abby. I think the Abby story is too connected with the Joel and Ellie story. Right. Whereas it could, they could have created something where you happen to have passed by. You never really, like, interacted with Ellie and Joel, but right. you could have passed by a moment that kind of just, like, like a kind of Easter egg of, just remember, this was Last of Us 1, this is what happened, you've passed by this situation uh, when it was signed me, but you don't actually go too detailed into the original story. So, like, that's the way I would have, I would have liked to have seen Last of Us kind of go forward and just creating new stories, mm. which they could have had a lot more, like, space over. Mm. But I feel as if they've kind of bottlenecked themselves too much with Last of Us 2, where they couldn't really push it. Like, even though the story is really, really good, and, like, the whole, the arcs and stuff like that, it really is immersive in that. But it would have been... Don't we have seen how they could have done that? Yeah, with Last of Us 2, 
Last of Us 2 is probably a really divisive title because it Naughty Dog had that Naughty Dog hit that sweet spot with the first one. Mm-hmm. They drew you in so hard. They developed a relationship between Joel and Ellie so well. That was so relatable to people who watched it or played it. Because I didn't play it, I watched it. I was yeah. like, I'm nope, I'm I'm watching I was riveted. And I'm a dad. And my kids were <laughs> young when Last of Us One dropped. So I was like, that's like I could see me as an older dad older guy who and not to be spoiler, but like Joel loses his daughter in the first one. Horrifically. And then he gets Ellie. And in the in you see in the beginning it's like we're not family, like you're, like you know, whatever. But as mm-hmm. as the as the relationship develops and the and the quality of the writing and and those quiet moments between the gunplay and the survival, you see that Joel and Ellie become a family. And then the end hits. You motherfucking right, I'd have done what Joel did, hundred percent, hundred percent. But then that brings yeah. you to the story of Last of Us Two. Last of Us 2 story is literally the centered on the cycle of violence. Yeah. The problem with Last of Us 2, in my opinion, is you did what you did to the people you were invested in to tell a story of, of the cycle of violence and you underestimated the the level of love and investment in that family so like when and i'm I'm trying to be spoiler free for whatever but like if shit went down the way it did and that happened i'm bringing hell with me to murder everybody right i understand why why the why they did what they did and their motivations were but the problem with last of us 2 is so ham-fisted and the developers and writers underestimated, like, that you attacked my family. I don't give a fuck what yeah. you say. That was mine. That was my family. And no matter what reasoning was given or what story you were trying to tell, no one cared. Because you hurt their family. That's how I looked at that response was, like, you came at the family. And it doesn't matter if you were just, and let's face it, Abby in some ways was very just with what she did. Yeah. Didn't matter. You hurt the but, family. See, this is the thing, like, if you go in, if you come into Abby's chat when she's playing, the, it, the, the conversation does definitely find me, is it justified? Is it just a, a bra? Is it, because, like, you think what... The reasons as to why her dad, like, I can understand why she, Abby would want revenge over her dad, but is her actions justified in what her dad was going to do to Ellie? Right. But that was, they didn't tell that, like you said. Yeah. Oh, and- but Abby did know that, that like, because, like, that was the whole point. There was the scene where the the woman asks Abby's dad if it was Abby, would you be in the same situation here? Okay. I must have so, missed that so, somewhere. I haven't seen a complete playthrough. Yeah, so like the day t- t- touch her like 
Abby must know because she's hiding outside the door when this conversation is going down and comes in with the dad's dinner. Mm. Um, so there is a lot of things like that. But like what I was saying, like they said about uh, Dragon Age Two, where you in the first one you played as a character, and in the second one it was like a complete different story. The way I was talking about how I would have done the last of right. us two, yeah, yeah. and like it's like I said in chat, like an I wouldn't have had that. Yeah, I wouldn't have had it as the Last of Us two because that is true when you when it's the, like the Last of Us two or Dragon Age two, you're expecting a follow on. Even if you don't like, yeah, you could have looked into the actual game and seen what the storyline and all that kind of stuff was. But seeing it as two, you expect a follow on. Right. It's like, like, look at Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 2, you expect the follow on. Whereas they've went Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, as much as it's a follow on, you know it's its, it's, its own story, it's its right. own sort of like modern now. So I think with The Last of Us, I wouldn't have had it as The Last of Us 2. I would have created it as The Last of Us is like the title. That's the game. But had it as The Last of Us 2 and then made a point of showcasing that this is a different story. This is like a Japanese version or this is a story of what happened in the UK. I would have made that point because you do need that distinction. Because it is, as I said, you go into a game thinking it's the the sequel to it, you're going to expect it's going to follow on. Why would you know? Like, that's just how your brain works. So I can definitely see uh, the like, you have to make that, you have to point that out. This is not a follow on. This is a different thing. I mean, Last of Us could still do something like that. Like, they could still bring out other games where it kind of follows other stories. Mm-hmm. But I do think they would have to make that obvious. They need to make it apparent this is not going to involve Ellie and Joe. But I just feel as if, for everything that you went through in Last of Us 1, how they, what happens, and I'm not going to, I don't want to really spoil it, but it just seems dirty. Yeah, how you get so thing, and then that's how they go into that, and it's like such a just a kind of like to me, it's just such a bullshit that that was just an, a bad way doing that. As much as it does throw out the whole like the the new story of Abby and all that kind of stuff and following doing that, like to me, it just seems as if Naughty Dog just wanted. That shock fast, uh, shock factor, yeah, it's not earned at all. and it was just, it just was, it just was the what. It's not how I would have done it, and that, that, but that's the the point of games is that, or, or in movies and all that kind of stuff, is that everybody's creative aspect is going to be different. That maybe not have been what I, but I still would they say that it was a bad game. Like I, I, I yeah, have been no, enjoying the story of the it's game. Not a bad game at all. Yeah, it's just. It's hard because, and I didn't mean to cut you off, it, it's it's hard because a game like The Last of Us 2 is built off the back of so many earned moments that mm. some of those moments in The Last of Us 2 feel like they're not earned. They, they, they're like, oh, that happened. That they, You had no right to do that because that, it feels unearned. It feels cheap. Because in Last of Us 1... There's so much time for those moments to develop. There's so much. There's so much 
trial and and struggle mm-hmm. that you see every bit of that relationship is earned. Where in Last of Us Two, it, it just sort like you said, it happens as a shock moment, and it comes yeah. off with a bad taste in the mouth because that wasn't an earned moment. That there's there's no way that that it should have went down that way. I have no problem with the choice to do what they did. Yeah, because of but like Dread of, said, yeah. go ahead. Like Dread said, like you, he said that they could have started the Abbey story earlier and built the ability to care about her before right. they go for the revenge. Like that could have been a, a neat, another way that they could have done it is that they just started it as the Abbey, yes. and then like this whole like it could have been that. You play as Abby growing up or, or, or through all that kind of stuff, and then at some point the dad dies. You don't know exactly what's happened, mm-hmm. but that's when at the end, like near the end, that the whole big end scene could have been finding out that it was Joel, mm-hmm. it, and then gone for the revenge to kill Joel. And that's where they could have done the shot clip Joel's what happened to Joel, happened to Joel, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but again, everybody's going to have a different experience with different games, and what we think Last of Us Two could have done is going to be different from where other people like. Like I know, like like a lot of people would have said that, that the way they done Last of Us Two was a great way of doing it. They loved it and all yeah, that kind of it, stuff, it even though great, they hated it what is happened. It's a great game on its own. So, yeah, so I think it is. It is. It's just a. But this is the point: is that. You should be able to have these kind of conversations without thinking that it's just shitting all over yeah. what's what's going on. I think that's where that's where a lot of the, the conversation kind of fails is that fandoms get so fucking invested in it that anybody that turns around and tries to say anything, it's like you you're just immediately attacking a game. I'm no immediately attacking. I thought Last of Us Two has been really, really good, but there's still you're still allowed to have your opinion on what you would have liked to have happened. So you're not saying that what the product you got was shit, right? All you're saying is for you to have enjoyed more than what you did, this is how you would have you would have framed it. Uh, so I think that's one thing that you want to actually take from it is that. You should be able to have these kind of conversations without attacking somebody. Like, mm-hmm. in anything, like, not just in the gaming world, not just on Last of Us 2, you should be able to converse about fucking anything yeah, right. without feeling as if you're being fucking aggressive or you're being fucking attacked. But um, it's definitely one of the ones that, uh, personally, I would have liked to have seen something different, but I'm not upset that I didn't. <laughs> is, is Last of Us 2 for wide? Multi-platform release, or is it still PS5 or PS4? Yeah, I can't I'm remember sure off the top of my head. Because I know you can get Last of Us on PC. I don't know if you can get Last of Us 2 on PC. Somewhere, I, uh, it just says pl- platform PlayStation 4. Yeah, it, it's a PlayStation exclusive still, unfortunately. Chat. Um, But yeah, as, as we've discussed this whole sort of like Let's stumble into this topic because we're sleep deprived <laughs> and all kind of shit. Um, it speaks to the larger 
it speaks to the larger things of what we're talking about, right? The the freedom to tell a story your way, having the ability to have that story supported or not supported, and then it comes down to the the conversations about the game or the or the concert or the thing itself is um the the art of discourse is definitely been on a downward trend the last couple of years for the most well from what we see anyway hmm. um because you get like twitter and instagram where people you have like 160 characters to make a point so you're not you're not you're not discussing you're just you're well i well this is my point this is my point and um and i've had questions about our podcast right why is your podcast so long this is why so we can yeah, have a discourse so we can know when i stop <laughs> shut up i'm trying to be i'm trying to be professional we keep it long form so that we can have the time to look at the topics that we discuss in a multifaceted or as multifaceted as two white guys from <laughs> from our different our growing up can be as depthful and as, as multifaceted as we can we can have it, right? <laughs> so and yeah, like the, the, the thing about any commentary or discussion it should be a discussion and not an argument it should be well make your point and sway me but then i present my evidence to maybe sway you and media like gaming media and and visual media like movies and whatnot they you don't necessarily have that like a movie you're watching the story unfold a video game you're unfolding the story right so I think it's I think it's I think it's important to see the nuance behind anything, right? Behind development, behind marketing, behind yeah. finance, behind storytelling. And without being able to perceive the context and the nuance, you get what you get on Twitter, just a shouting match. Right? Yeah. And I don't know, it's it's a tough call because when you when you have that indie triple A discussion, it is a nuanced, complex, difficult discussion because there are so many layers to it. You have the developer side, you have the marketing side, you have the finances side, because we talked about how it is on the consumer's hands as much as it is the finance team yeah. because the the consumer is gonna buy what the consumer likes, right? But then you look at another side of that argument is is what the consumer likes how do I want to phrase this is call of duty what people buy because that's what they see whereas like if they saw indie titles more would they be more willing to take a risk on it do you know what I mean to, to be honest I think see with the way with the way you look at like say politics Mm-hmm. Right, the way people treat politics, I think, is a good way of looking how people look at everything. Like, okay. I don't think if independent games were more showcased, that more people would kind of look because 
in this day and age, people have what they believe. Right. You have people that think AAA games are the best and independent games are just a waste of space. It's people that think they're good at creativity, but it's the games are, they look old and the graphics are not great and this and that. That's just the belief of a certain consumer. The mm. exact same way as you've got certain people that believe that Trump is God, right? You're not yeah. going to be able to change that belief. That yeah. is their belief. It does not matter how much you take Trump off telly and put like Biden on or how much you take Boris Johnson off right. telly and put another person on. It's not going to change that belief that they've got. Like People are so ingrained in their belief. But what the, the only thing that you can change is how people discuss the differences in it. Like I always take it, see if somebody gets aggressive in an argument, they have lost they don't have facts. They don't. Have, their main target is well. If I shout, I can win, and they'll just give you bullshit after bullshit. Like that's why. Like if you're in, if, if you're having a conversation with somebody, see if somebody starts getting aggressive and they start cutting in. They don't let you finish sentences. The best way for you to win that argument is just stop. Don't try and time them. Just go right. Um, if you were to let me get a finish in, uh, obviously you've you know you're wrong, so you're not letting me finish my sentences. That's fine. That's okay if that's how you want to do it. And you immediately will stop them because their ego will get the best of them and they'll want you to finish. But that's just how it is. But it doesn't matter what their argument is. If they shout the loudest, they, they think they're going to win. So I think in that sense, it's we're too far beyond if independent games go a bigger kind of showcase if it would make a difference. It wouldn't really because then do you turn around and go, well, if independent games are getting a bigger showcase, they're going to get better, like, say, sponsorships or more money mm -hmm. to be able to do it. Do they then just become AAA games where they're going to go into the exact same thing? We made money in this, so let's stick to what we know. Let's not deviate too much from the creative plan because this is what people want. Is that not just what happened to like Blizzard and all that in the first place? Was yeah, that that's exactly they what they started is. as an independent thing? They got a wee bit of traction and a wee bit of media look, and people started buying their stuff, and then they've just stuck with that because it worked. Yeah. So like that's where you have to think it is like, is this just you weren't there to see how that started, but there's going to be an independent company that will come through and they'll get that traction and everybody will fucking hell look at the time and all that kind of stuff. And then they just become, like, that's the birth of that aspect. That's You just didn't see it back then right. because back then you didn't know what was happening. It was just back then you were too focused on the big companies from the 80s right. that were doing 100%. it and you didn't, you didn't look at the, the 90s developers that were becoming the next one. Right, yeah, it's it's it reminds me of that saying, and I'm gonna slaughter it because it's the if if you if you start out as a hero, you 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 eventually live long enough to become the villain. It's it's what it is. Is the indie is the hero, and then they get a little money, and then they blow up, and then they're triple A, and they're the villain. Yeah, it's it's what happened to Blizzard. It's what mm -hmm. happened to EA. It's it's what happened to Sierra. It's, it, it happens. It's 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 yeah. one of those things that it, it's really. 
like you said, is, is it if more people find out about it? But that's you a- you can take that aspect for like the wrestling thing again, mm-hmm. where it was all the independents and it was like you had like your your mid south and you had like your Texas wrestling, you had yep. your your Alabama wrestling, you had the WWF and the WCCW and the NWA and stuff like that, and then. WWF started getting popular, they started getting traction, they were making that success, they became the big conglomerate, bought up everybody else, so they're now the big AAA, and you've got all the independents, and then AEW came along, and everybody was like, it's the independents, the independents, you've got your Ring of Honor, you've got your right. New Japan Pro, you know, AEWs came across, and they're starting to get bigger and bigger, like, same with WCW, right. they started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's like eventually AEW is going to be this big conglomerate, and you know for a fact that it's going to get to the point where everybody's going to turn around and go, "Oh, for fuck's sake, AEW! They're putting it the same thing. This is like it's not a good show." And then there's going to be another independent that's going to start getting the traction. They're going to start getting the the thing, and it's going to grow and grow and grow. And that it's just it's. Every time another one's going to come along, get that wee bit of a showcase and a viewer, and it's just going to grow. On. It's just right. it's the cycle that happens, and it is it's what happens in games. It's just it happens. It's like an evolution. It happens over such a long period of time. You don't ha- see it happening until it happens. Well, yeah, it's the, it's <laughs> no, not the Rubier Dram AEW, but I mean, I can even draw another parallel to this discussion. That's kind of near and dear to everybody in our community. Look at Critical Role. Like, Critical Role yeah. gets so much heat nowadays for why do you have all the merch shop announcements and why did you sell the show to Amazon? And this was, you guys are just friends. No, yeah, they're friends, but they're running it's a multi, they're, they're running a multi million dollar media company. Like, these are like eight people. Who were sitting around the kitchen table playing D and D? These were eight professional voice actors who took their home game to the internet because they could do it in a way and present it in a way that hadn't been done before. And they had the business smarts, the money to do it, the corporate backing from Geek and Sundry. And now, when they went independent from Geek and Sundry, everybody was like, "Oh." They don't got to worry about critical critical role. Doesn't got to worry about geek and sundry ads. And what is it now before every show? Sponsorships, and merchandise. This is the thing, right? Look at critical role, right? It's and in, in most cases you're talking. It's a four hour show, right? It's mm-hmm. four hours worth of D and D. You have Laura Bailey has like what between two and four minutes where she shells out the merchandise. Yep. And then you'll maybe get the odd little pop up, but the pop ups that find me through it's through the sponsorship, yeah. like D and D Beyond or or something like that. She literally has a two three minute segment at the start mm-hmm. where she shells out the merchandise of a six hour production. Yeah, but so they still get what, shit for it though. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like they're getting shit for that. It's the exact same thing that when the wiki the the, the Twitch leak came out, and you're like, since 2019, so like. Or it was over like three years or something like that. Yeah. They've made nine million and like how fucking short and and it's time and that kind of stuff. And you're like, ah, aye, they made nine million from Twitch. Guess who gave them the money? 
You, you did, yeah. You dumb fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, you gave them the money. So why are you giving them the money and then complaining that they've got money? Like, oh my God, they need money. How fucking dare they? And you're like, aye, because you fucking gave them it. Yeah. And like, it's, it's business. Like, you think, like, nine million, the the people and the, 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 Fandom that are shitting on Twitter grow for that. They've turned us out. They made now a million. So these these people that are supposed to just be a couple of nerdy voice actors playing D and D, they still are. Yeah. Like they didn't like nine million. Didn't they go into their pockets? Like the the set costs money. The production value costs money. The tech costs money. The yeah, crew oh costs shit. money. Like this is where all this money goes in. Like the money that they make in the merchandise, the amount of money that they put into like the Critical Role Foundation, the other charity events that they, they, they put money into and all that kind of stuff. You're like, Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you that you're complaining? Like and it's that kind of like like the the viewership that Critical Role has brought to D D is far above what's thing me. I don't know why people can't just be happy that something that they love is successful. Like Critical Role is successful. D's getting a viewership far beyond what you would have expected. The campaign three uh, first episode there where we were sitting talking, two hundred and thirteen thousand people were watching on Twitch alone at one point. That's not including what was happening on YouTube. Yeah. So you're like, why are you shitting on Critical Role because they're successful? Why are you shitting on it because they're making D&D look better than what you would have thing made it? Just because you, yourself, like, I think what the argument a, a lot of people have been making is it feels as if they've disassociated themselves. They like, sold out. We can't, like, we would never get that production value. Right. We will never be able to run a game with that level of production because it's just us. And no. you're like, ah, and so fucking what? They're a business. Right. right. Like, like why? I would <laughs> never have expected that we were going to be sitting there running a fucking critical role level fucking D&D game. Right. You know, I, what, what the fuck are you wanting for them? Well, part, <laughs> like, part of it comes from, like, the, the, the critters that saw it when they, they went on Geek and Sundry and they were in one room, on a couch, shitty tech, it was just a bunch of friends playing D&D and having fun. And then... It blew up, and but they didn't. They they were still our friends every Thursday, right? They were still at the table. They still invited us in. We were we were part of their struggle, their ups and downs. And now it's like, could you shut up about your t-shirts and your masks? And why do we gotta have all the sponsors? Cause they're fucking successful. Oh. Like oh god, god forbid PlayStation start trying to shell out the fucking PlayStation Five. Telling people to buy it, the fucking bastards. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, it's it, like we mentioned it briefly, and then Habba just uh, mentioned it too. It's the sellout argument, right? Like, yeah. look at us right now. Like, let let let's 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 put on our tinfoil hats, right? Two years from now, Joe Rogan is having us in his recommendations. But he's a massive fucking sailor. Right, fucking <laughs> exclusive to Spotify, the fucking bastard. But, but How dare he like, make podcasts fucking interesting? Two, year, and, two, and year, two years from now, Joe Rogan's got us in our recommends, right? And people who have been <laughs> with us for the, the, the beginning, and we're like, hey, we got the drunk tank IPA, which I'll fucking, if it ever happens, I'm going to hurt you. Um, They'll be like, I remember when you guys just had the bar and Docs would rage against IPAs. We're making money. 
We're being successful exactly. in providing you the same conversation, the same in-depth emotional <laughs> shit that we talk about trying to make you laugh, trying to make you think. Who gives a fuck if we've got <laughs> two minutes of commercials so that we can bring you the shit that you like? <laughs> Stop bitching about what you like because I'm like, oh, I got a shirt that you should buy. Because that is going to provide me the ability to continue to do this. So it's yeah, not no, a exactly. sellout. It's smart business. Now, I will say this. If we made money and all we did was talk about the the cheap shit and the surface level stuff and we changed like, oh, well, I'm repping Gucci now because they've been... Like, <laughs> yeah, then we're a sellout. But if no, the, but product, the, thing, if the like... product stays the same and you're still getting what was there at the core, it's not a sellout. It's a glow up. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, that's the thing. Like, as is like, see when you start timing stuff where you're putting links in chats and you're just randomly showcasing different things that aren't supposed to be what you you think me, but you're just you're just trying to put a product that you think people are going to enjoy. And it's like, why would you want to shell out on different merchandise things that <laughs> is just going to make money for? different content creators or <laughs> or businesses that you're putting in. But that's that's the thing that's fucking hilarious is people want you to be able to put out content, right? Like in this kind of this kind of thing. And it's like, well if if you want like if you're gonna play games, it costs money to play games. Like right. if 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 we were gonna improve this more than what it is, like what we've got right now is to a level of free, but see when you start thiming, like we've got the website. The website so far, I think like how long have we had the website? We've had the website with six months or something. Yeah, about like six months, yeah, roughly. The website's cost me something like three hundred and fifty quid through Christ. getting the domain name, getting email set up, getting the actual fucking mm. thing built and all that kind of stuff. Right. It costs a lot of money. So the the podcast getting put up on Spotify and all that kind of stuff, you need to have an RSS feed. An RSS feed costs you maybe thirty pound to get the original one, and then I think it's like eight pound a month for the one that I'm paying to be able to just keep it going. So if you're thinking that they're another six month, six month at say a tenner, that's sixty pound plus an extra twenty thirty pound. That's ninety pound that I've paid mm-hmm. just to get the RSS feed put up. Then you talk about getting artwork, like the the original. See the original stingers, the two stingers that I'd made, they're twenty pound each. Yep. I paid to get them made. So there's the thing. The uh, equipment that I like, the program that I've and the software that I've got to be able to do like the the logos and like the the stinger for I the stingers kind of shit and like stingers fine. The, the the intro to the the D and D game and all that kind of stuff like that was something like sixty four pound for the software for a, a license to be able to run it. Mm-hmm. So it's like it costs money as you go. It's like you talk about the PC that you run everything on. Yeah. You talk about the PlayStation or the Xbox that you run everything on. Everything costs money, and the fact that people are fucking shitting on you because you would like to see a return. Right. <laughs> you know, like well, uh, look at- again, why be upset? But again, this is the main thing that comes from it is. Successful people don't shit on successful people. Right, 100%. The people that shit on successful people are the people that have not reached anything. 
they're, they're, they don't want to, they just want to complain that other people have got more than them. They don't want to do anything to change their aspect on life. Yeah. That's where the, the, the shit, that's why Twitch is such a toxic place is because a lot of people on Twitch that are toxic, it's just because they've got nothing better in their life than shitting on people. Mm-hmm. And it is the until you start meeting people that your success is their success. 100%. Like, like we are sitting on a bunch of viewers watching us be sleep deprived, drunk, and just bumbling on about random fucking bullshit that, in the grand scheme of things, does not fucking matter. Right. They're watching, and it's that kind of way. It would, if anything was to come to this, and we started getting, like, we started making money, or we were able to improve the production, or and you started getting people that were complaining that, oh, it used to be two guys that, like you said, two people just sitting like on Twitch doing it, and you're like, ah, and what? Like, like, be happy that we fucking succeeded, we mm-hmm. got somewhere, we're doing something with we we, we, the original idea, mm-hmm. like, and it's almost as if, if, as soon as you start getting bigger, it's as if you're forgetting who was there at the beginning. You'll never forget who was there at the fucking no, no. beginning. See the days when you were getting three fucking views, and two of them were us? Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, like that's, You'll that's remember the point. That, shit. that that shit never goes away. Because even if you're successful and you're sleeping in the big house, you'll have those dreams where you're like, I remember the days where like when no one was there except for my girlfriend and like four iPads. Like I get it. Like, but the, but that's that's the thing, right? We we mentioned it so much. Is uh, even if we're sleep deprived, and I didn't even tell you how my week went because we're so sleep deprived. But like. <laughs> it it all comes down to indie or or triple A. It all comes down to and I'm gonna get metaphysical. It all comes down to the soul of the thing, right? The soul of what you're doing, the soul of the art. If there's a soul behind the art, it's gonna translate. If, yeah. If the art has no soul, then it's not going anywhere. Springsteen can do five hour concert and it's the greatest concert you ever been to, and Eminem can do thirty minutes and make more money than you know God. Yeah. It's just it's it's the level of of where you at. It, it's your level of success. But then nobody saw M's battles in St. Andrews. No one saw him getting the shit kicked out of him and like grinding in and out the same thing. No one saw Springsteen shit. They just see what they see. But was Springsteen ever shit? Like I think he I mean, literally popped out the yeah. womb as a fucking god with a guitar. Just hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it it comes down to the soul, like the argument of the soul. Is it there or isn't it? If it's there, it's there. Yeah. If it's not, it's not. But oh, definitely. we're coming up on the two-hour mark. We got a couple things we need to get through. Uh, for, one, for once, we actually have a ramble this week because I came across a story, um, and I read it while I, when I was on my date with Bernadette. We were waiting for our, our table for dinner. Must have been a great date. <laughs> we had a 30-minute wait for a table. Shut up. And um, I was cruising, I was cruising yeah, like my feed, and there came I came across this story, and I'm gonna link it in chat. And it it struck me because we here at the Drunk Tank talk about nature and conservation, and you know the whole man versus wild, and how can we leave the place better than when we you know than we found it kind of deal. And this article talks about 
how elephants are rapidly evolving to become tuskless. Okay? And everybody knows the struggle of elephants by now. We're all adults in the room. Elephants have ivory in their tusks that are highly prized by illegal game hunters, poachers. And, you know, it's sad that elephants have been at the brink of extinction, much like rhinos, because of their tusks and various other things associated with them. Well, mm. when I read this article, it it kind of shocked me because my background from college is I'm a anthropologist and like scientist, archaeologist, sort of. That's my college background is like I studied dead shit and how shit got to where it was. Evolutionary biology, anthropology, uh, all that stuff like that. That was my jam. And one of my one of my certificates is in identifying animal remains, right? So when I see animals getting butchered or or poached for valuable assets that they possess, and then I come across a story of rapid evolution, because the the process of evolution takes thousands of years in most cases, but elephants are evolving to be tuskless, and the article that I linked has the the scientific paper of how the genes have changed. Basically, what it boils down to is there was a massive, um, there was a massive purge in the late seventies of elephants in this animal park in this area, where ninety percent of the animal po- the elephant population was obliterated by poaching. Mm. And since then, these animals have kind of made a comeback, but a unique trait that has allowed them to come back is the female elephants of this sort of population of elephants, over 50% of them have developed the genetic genetic mutation of not having tusks. That blew my mind. Like I didn't even like in to go. It's literally like in 30 years, elephants who have been around for millions of years and had tusks, now there's a population of elephants within 30 years that have developed a, 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 a genetic variation where the females don't have tusks anymore. Mm-hmm. And the first, in the article that talks about the first discoveries, there was only like 15% of the population and they were thought as genetic anomalies. Now in the most recent polling of the, of the elephant population, 51% of the females in this elephant population are now tuskless. And they and they anticipate that growing to even greater lengths. Yeah. So it caught my interest because one, it was really intriguing that evolution happened that quick within a matter of decades to create yeah. a preventative measure of, oh shit, we're being murked for our tusks, and then nature goes, oh, we'll fix that. I'm gonna need about thirty minutes essentially, because thirty years in evolutionary time is like, I'm baking cookies. Give me a second. Like, literally, <laughs> you take a creature that has lived millions of years with tusks and all its shit, and then, like, in a matter of minutes, they popped it in the microwave and a new elephant popped out. Like, that blew my mind. I was like, how the fuck in 30 years did they develop a, a, a genetic variation of elephant that doesn't have tusks to protect the elephant from being poached? Blew my mind. Then, on another level, it kind of saddened me. Because... It's just, a, and this is, people are going to be mad because it's all Dox is shitting on the human race again. But in another way, it's sad that 
Elephants had to evolve in 30 years to not have fucking tusks because we're so greedy and fucking asshole that we murder them. Like, it's this article just stuck with me because I love animals and I hate cruel people. But then, with our discussion earlier, not all poachers are horrible people. Sometimes they're, that's the only way they can provide for their families. Like, I, I'm not trying to be completely one-sided dickhead here but to see an evolutionary change in a species happen so rapidly as a response to our shitty behavior kind of struck a chord with me and i think on the one hand it's really amazing that mother nature said hold my beer and took care of you know elephants and then on the other hand it's just like they, the fact that Mother Nature had to do that kind of just, I don't know, I just, this article sat with me on so many, uh, on, on so many levels that it, it, it's really hard for me to articulate because it piqued my interest scientifically, it, it piqued my interest emotionally, it also piqued my interest pissing me off, and just, it was one of those things that I wanted to talk about because it's just, I don't know, it, it's, it's one of those things that it, it struck me, and I don't know, I mean, what did you think when I sent it to you? I know you didn't have a you didn't have a chance to really go through it in depth, but I mean, just what do you think? I mean, I, I literally didn't get a chance to read it at all. I was hoping that you were then going to bring it up and kind of talk about what it was like, because it's like an actual fucking like report paper. It's not yeah. just a media story. Yeah, so it's like, there's a story. lot of things yeah. that I'll have to go in. But I think it's one of the ones that it does kind of ask quickly. It depends on which way that you're looking at these kind of things because, like, like, like you said there, the fact that an uh, elephants have had to over the last like thirty, forty years have had to evolve in such a drastic way because the humans are poaching them and all that kind of stuff. One aspect that you can find there is what makes the difference between an elephant and a cow. That you can go to that kind yeah. of conversation, like. What what kind of lifestyle are you going to have if a cow evolves that their meat's shite? Like, their meat tastes like fucking aniseed. No, I, like, love, I love steak. Please don't. Please don't. Like, like that's the thing that comes with it. And I think, like, that's, like, one of the, the, the kind of debates that I would find it is you said that you're an animal lover and, like, it, it's time that these people are poaching these animals and all that stuff. Technically, Farmers are poachers as well. Yeah. Like, you can try and argue that so, oh, these animals are bred for that purpose. Right. Like, well, yeah, that's true. But, like, there was a, a, a video that I was actually, it was what I, I was going to put out to say we could talk about, but I never had enough time to kind of find it. But uh, there's a TED talk that came out yesterday, two days ago, and they're talking about. Uh, that you can create meat. See, like the whole like they made that burger for two hundred and fifty grand, mm -hmm. and it was all made in a lab. An animal didn't have to die. Well, they're still talking about kind of like the improvements of that, where they're able to create muscle fibers. Yeah, in a lab, like they're taking the cells from because and they they kind of explained like. See if you look at the difference between a chicken in 1957 and a chicken now. A chicken now has to be killed at a certain age 
because the size and weight has been grown so much through hormones and that, that if they left them any longer, their legs physically would not be able to hold up their weight, yep. which is some level of fucking cruelty beyond what fucking started. Yeah, like, right. And the look of a chicken has completely changed over that kind of thing. So, like, you said that you were shocked that elephants over the last, like, this rapid evolution that elephants have had to cause to play. Look at the rapid evolution of a chicken yeah. that's had to have on the opposite way. Like, we've rapidly evolved a chicken that we get as much meat out of it at a quicker point than what a chicken normally did. Like, you even have to look at eggs. Chickens, like, an actual wild chicken lays one egg per year. It's right. no six a day, it's one egg a year. So, so it's like, it's one of the ones where you're like, you can look at certain arguments depending on your perspective on things. You can turn around and talk about how, like, like, Elephants evolving and that kind of thing. So and like poaching elephants and tigers and all that kind of stuff is is horrible and immoral and all that. But then you're like, ah, well, why do some animals get the right that other animals don't? And the topic that they were talking about is creating this cell thing. They can literally cut emissions by ninety six percent, twenty seven percent of the land of the like the world. Is is agriculture? Yep. Twenty seven, like that's the equivalent of North and South America. It's just yeah. used for livestock. Yeah. That's fucking. Uh, I think it's something like. Uh, is it no something like twenty two or? I think it's the high twenties as well. Percentage of greenhouse gases is made from cows. Yes, it is. It is around twenty two to. So it's like agriculture, like ag. Agriculture and uh, like farming and stuff like that. The only reason that that's a, a business that will never fail because the amount of subsidies that do the governments put in. See if the governments were stopped cutting uh, and giving grants to farms and all that kind of stuff, most farms would fucking die. Well, that's yeah, just it's, 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 it's the facts. It's true. Like the governments give so many subsidiaries to the farmers and all that kind of stuff that they literally they cannot. That's why like meat in supermarkets is cheap. Yeah. It's because the government are paying the difference. Yeah. If the government stopped that, your meat wouldn't be three dollars a pound. Your meat would be ten dollars a pound. That's that's how the business works. Well, like you can literally just Google it and it'll tell you. Well, speaking of the price of meat, this week we went to the farmers market here in our city. And I dropped 60 bucks on free, like, naturally farm-raised, like, no bullshit lamb. Like, I got, like, four pounds of of boneless leg meat, and I got two pounds of lamb stew meat, and it cost me 60 bucks. But it's a small, it's a small-time family. It's a woman and her mother, like, they're in their, like, 50s or 60s. Just a small operation. And it's, I've had their lamb. I made it a couple weeks ago. It's fucking phenomenal. But it's fucking expensive. Yeah, but that's where this whole uh, muscle fiber cell right. research is a good way. Because one, you cut emissions by, nine, I think it was 96%. Yeah. 
but it means that, like, the point of it, like, that it comes for is you can turn around and go, like, these smaller independent farms and all that kind of stuff, they don't have bullshit, they're not these things and all they're still murdering animals. Yep. They're still, like, lamb, it's a child. <laughs> it's a child. If, if I walked into your house and went, right, um, <laughs> that one of your kids is now dinner, Take the middle you would boy. be fucking pissed. Nah, like, you're going like, to have the middle boy. <laughs> Well, you don't get to choose. I just oh, take them. No, 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 That's not how it works. Oh, no, it's like you don't get a choice. Just the same as the mammy cow does, they get a fucking choice. I just come in and take the one that I want. But that's that's the point that is Simon is. You can't say that something's all right when the other thing is the all right. Yeah, when they're, exactly. they're doing the same thing. Just because that farmer only kills six children, but that farmer kills 23 children, you can't say that that farmer's more immoral than the other one because they're still doing the same thing. That's like turning around and going, well, that serial killer killed 18 children. Right. This serial killer only killed four. So they should, they, they're not as bad a person because they only killed four. They had some moral compass saying, oh, this is bad. We're not going to take out too many of them. <laughs> like, that's that's where the argument comes from. And again, it's not an argument. It's just a conversation that most people don't, or, or no, most people, that's 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 still fair. Like, but some people. The main reason that the, the argument between veganism and non-veganism thing is, is that people don't want to listen to what the other side have to say. Like, me, everybody, like, the one thing that pisses me, and I've had this rant so many fucking yeah, times, is when it. people turn it. around and go, well, meat, it's your protein. No, it's no. There's more protein in chickpeas than there is in fucking chicken. That's... Like, it's not protein. Protein is created in your body from amino acids. All foods has amino acids. They just have different fucking levels. Stop calling meat protein, right? But the thing where is you can't you can't say that killing animals is a, the only reason why you can say that you like meat is you like the taste. Oh yeah. There's no like. Everybody turns around and goes, like, like one thing that vegans is they're, they're low in vitamins and all that kind of stuff. Well, no, because, see, because of that whole illusion that veg and all that is so, like, you don't get certain, like, macros, you don't get certain vitamins and all that. The companies pump so much of that into the things that mm -hmm. you actually get more, like, vitamin D and fucking soy than you do and anything else because they're putting that in. You get right. vitamin B in so many vegan products because they're adding it in because it was a whole thing of it, you're not getting enough. So you don't have that problem. But it's it's one of the ones, the only reason why you eat meat is because you enjoy the flavour. Oh, yeah. But so much has developed in like vegan food and all that kind of stuff where the flavour is there. And I'm not saying like, Fucking five, ten years ago, vegan shit was just fucking dreadful. It was just so bland. It was as if they forgot that spices were vegan. Right. But, like, more they've went, oh, fuck, we can, we can put this curry thing into that because it's cool. Yeah. But, look, this actually tastes like you're supposed to do. And because the science has developed, you know, like, like I said, that Richmond bacon, it tastes like bacon-flavoured crisps. It's right. better than bacon for me. Like, uh, that's one thing that I will stand by is that the Richmond vegan bacon, mm. I prefer over actual bacon. I don't know about that. Because I think it, it... But that's the thing is, see, when you, you say these things, see the people that normally 
you have the conversations is they've not even tried it. Yeah, exactly. So like, because like my dad, my dad is the thing where like I'll turn around and go, oh, "Do you want to try that?" And some things he'll try, but most things that he won't try. And that's just the way. That's just his prerogative. Like he just, he, he, there's certain things that he, this is the way. That's that's that, that's and way, that's, yeah, exactly. that's that's just it. But there's going to come a time where your argument is not going to be valid. Right. Like, there's going to turn, like, if I turn around to you and go, right, you've got this burger that was created from animal muscle fibres, but an animal didn't have to die. It's it's still animal. It's still, like, they've taken the cells from animals and they've created this burger, they've created this steak. The only reason why you would pick killing an animal over the cell is because you want to kill the animal. If there's an alternative where the animal doesn't die and you're no longer taking that alternative that's still meat, still tastes like the meat, still has all the benefits of the the, 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 the nutrients and all that of the meat, the only reason why you're still killing the animal is because you want to kill the animal. That's your only argument. It's like the argument over uh, guns in, like guns in America, right? Like, and I'm not going to touch on it because I know it's a really, really fucking right. touchy subject. So, like, you look at Australia. Australia had one big fucking shooting. They took away everybody's guns, and they've had one shooting in the last 18 years. Mm. You look at the UK. You were allowed guns, and then in 1992 in Scotland, we had one mass shooting where a bunch of five-year-old kids died. And the UK government went, you're not allowed any guns. The only people that are allowed guns are people with license, and it's like on farms and stuff like that for killing other animals that are right. like foxes and stuff. Predation That's the only people are allowed guns. We rarely have mass shootings. Knife crime's a different story. Right? Yeah, right? But we don't have that many. Like, see if there's a gun crime, it's one person's managed to get... I know people, if you want a gun, you will get a gun in the UK. Yeah. Right? It's just how it is. But... A gun in the UK on the black market for a small pistol is still going to run you 50 grand. Right. So they're not really about, and gun crime in the UK is very, very low, considering that, like, what is it? It's something like the equivalent of, like, four mass shootings. I, I know mass shootings count as, like, three or more people. Yeah. But see, in the equivalency of you can have, like, four mass shootings a day over the, the year yeah, in the it's... US, you have to think, but the argument that people are finding, like, like you look at um, who's that? Uh, the Australian comedian. He does a, a a great bit on gun or gun control in the U the US, where it's like, if your guns for protection, why the fuck do you have an assault rifle? It's not a protection rifle. It's an assault rifle. And then you turn around and go like, cat, right? Well, what if your kid gets a gun, a hold your gun and shoots your other kid? You got well, I keep it in a safe. Well, what fucking you say is it? Like, is the guy going to break into your house and you're going to go, right, hold on a fucking minute here while I open up my safe? As soon as I open up my safe, you're fucked, mate. It's no longer protecting your family. The only argument that you have for wanting a gun is because you like guns. It's not the best argument, but it's the only argument you have. You like guns. That's fair enough. You're allowed to like things. But see if it's going to kill half the population. Maybe you should stop giving it to some certain people. Yeah, I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think to touch on that argument is it's like the whole gun control argument. Like, I grew up as I grew up in Michigan and here in Wisconsin. In Michigan, I learned to hunt. I know how to shoot 
everything from a pistol to a fucking 308 sniper rifle. Like, I'm like, I got it. The thing that I was taught is the gun is a tool. Where a lot of people, a gun is a toy. So, and, and what I, what I mean by that is like, they own it, they fetishize it, they, 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 they fawn over it. Yeah. On my family's land, the guns are in, in the, in the case. You walk by them every day, nobody stares at them, nothing. They're just another tool for a job. Right? We need to yeah. stop being so logical. But, but like, <laughs> when my kids, when my kids, and I, and we're not getting political, we're just using this as a, as an argument point. Um, the, when my kids wanted Nerf guns, they were trained that yes, it's a Nerf gun, but you don't put your finger on the trigger till you pull it. You don't aim at a person, you aim at targets or, or imaginary monsters, because I wanted to stress to them that even though it's a Nerf gun, it still represents a gun. And, yeah. and my kid, to their credit, asked me, dad. Why? I said, because at some point, you may actually have your hands on a real gun, and I don't want you associating gun with toy. I want you associating gun with tool. And yeah. a lot of times, especially here in America, that's not the association. They're toys. They're fetishized. They're glamorized, right? And it's the same thing, getting back more to like the meat and the poaching aspect we talked about. Meat is glamorized. It's it's the it's it's the star, baby. It's the center of the meal. It's not yeah. a meal without the beef, right? So, in a lot of ways, if and I'm speaking from me personally, if you rolled out a burger or a steak and threw it on my plate and said, "Yo, you got prime beef right here, uh, cattle's two years old, grass fed, Kobe served up, slaughtered last week," boom, good. Wonderful. Then you threw down on a lab-created piece of meat, and it's like, oh, we made this meat in a lab. It's, it is microscopically identical to the meat you had. Flavor profile, nutrition content, but no animal had to die. We cut down the emissions. It's still about the same amount of cost as the other animal for you to buy. Bitch, I'm eating the lab steak! Because that way I'm not Pollute, I'm not adding to the cycle of like polluting the environment and, and exploiting animals. I personally, give me that lab steak all day. But yeah. I'm an outlier. I'm a minority because a lot of times you are habituated because we talked about this uh, like a while ago back in the first couple episodes. You are habituated in your belief system by the way you're raised. So if you're raised where Guns are toys and meat is the star of the show. And you've done that for X amount of years. Something yeah. that challenges those habituated behaviors and those habituated beliefs. You're going to push back instantly because it's the other. It's different. It's not what you were raised yeah. with. So in that way, in order to make the progress of cutting down poaching, where... Elephants don't have to evolve to be tuskless. There has to be alternatives for those poachers' families 
so that their families can fucking eat. Because a lot of those poachers poach. But there's plenty of fucking jobs out there that they can go and... Like, let's be honest, mace, mace poachers... And, and like, when you're thinking... And I was it's talking not about just the minority poach. of poachers in that aspect. Oh, but still... It's still an aspect where there's still plenty of work. Like, I didn't have to go into poaching. It's not as if, like, like, if, like it's not a force. You don't get forced into that. Like, you don't have, like, the the thing about it is that it's the, the tusk is a commodity. Like, people pay yeah. the thing. It's like gold. Yeah. Like, it's a rarity, so they're thinking and that kind of stuff. But you can't sit there and go... The, the reason why these people are in here is because there's nothing... No, no, fucking bull. I call bullshit. There's plenty of things you can get into in front of... Po- Poaching's the last fucking thing that I would turn around and go, I need to get into. Like, there's yeah. the doll going to fucking benefits. Like, I would... I'd be on benefits before I go to poaching. Right. Like, so, like, that's that's one argument, but I have to call bullshit yeah, on Yeah, but, the, that's, but that's, the, that's, that's the argument, though. That's that's some of the argument, and that's why I wanted to highlight that, to see what your rebuttal is, is because sometimes that is the argument. Well, it's the only thing my that rebuttal I can do. is bullshit. Right, but it's the only thing I can do to feed my family is poach this elephant, uh, which I'm not going to eat fish. the meat. I'm not going to eat the meat, but I'm going to sell their tusk and leave the rest to rot. Like, bullshit. Don't, yeah, don't go get a stick, a rope, and go and fish. Yeah, exactly. You, like, so. There's no reason that you have to go, like, you, you revert to... But that's the thing, is that, like, that's where I'm talking about with, like, the, the, the lab meat, yeah. is that there's going to come a point where your argument is no longer sensical. So, like, 100%. watching because I have, to, I have to feed my family, bullshit. That is no longer an excuse. It's no longer an argument. There's plenty of things you can do before that. It's just that like the argument for selling drugs. Oh, I gotta sell drugs to kids because my family needs to eat. Yeah, like that's the thing. I mean, drugs. I think. I, I, I think there's certain drugs like meth and all that kind of stuff where its sole purpose is to fuck your life right. up, totally against. But the likes of like fucking weed and stuff like that, or fucking LSD and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's safer than fucking alcohol. Yeah, right. I'm totally cool with people fucking doing that. Like, I've done weed, I've done LSD, I've done fucking coke and all that kind of stuff because my mindset is I'm going to fucking try it and, and see what it's like because if, if you don't try it, you can't fucking, like, say it on it. Um, that's that's just the way that I find me that I've I've tried different things and that coke I didn't like it seems stupid weed I found I mean I lived in fucking Holland for a year and a half yeah, right. I like fucking weed um but it is like there's certain aspects where you go nah that's like nah you're not selling meth to fucking wines that's just bullshit right. but it is it is one of the ones that we're slowly getting to a point where your arguments are no longer valid, valid. Yep. like. Like, yeah, we should all be able to sit and talk and we should all be able to converse and see other sides and that, but there is going to be a point in every topic that your argument is no longer valid. Like, it's just it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... It, I, I can't wait to actually see what happens in those things. Like, if lab-based meat becomes a thing where it's still... It's still all the things, it's still technically animal. It's mm-hmm. just no animal had right. to die. Like, what what reason is there to go and murder animals then? Exactly. Like, but except 
to murder an animal. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, like that's where it is, and like it'll be interesting to see what it 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 finds in that. And it's like there is so many different things that it 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 can go into, and and stuff is that most of it, most arguments is just because you enjoy it. Yeah. That's that's it, and it's fine. It's like in a lot of cases that that is the only argument you've got, and it's a bit of a shitty argument, but. Like, it's still okay to enjoy certain things. Like, if you enjoy guns, you enjoy guns. That's yeah. that's cool. But just let's keep it from going into things. Habit said that, like, driver's license or drivers are licensed, why not gun owners? And that's true. Like, there, I'm sure there was a, 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 a video where somebody was saying, like, the, uh, um, if we're going to uh, license guns, like, to certain people, we should do the same to drivers. And you're like, that right, that's cool. But Everything on the driver's side also has to go into the, the gun thing. So yep. you have it, to go and do training, yep. X amount of hours of training on a gun. Then you have to go and license your gun. Then you have to get insurance on your gun. Then you have to pay tax on your gun. You're only allowed to use your gun in certain situations. If you do something bad, the gun gets taken off you. You get suspended from using your gun. You can get locked up for using your gun in the wrong way. You can get locked up for killing someone with your gun. Like, there's so much that goes into a driving test. Mm-hmm. That but again, for somebody in the UK, like somebody outside America, like the driving test also thing is that the, the, the gun thing, like people were doing stupid things with guns, so the guns got taken away. In America, like they've no taken the guns away because it's everybody's right. Like, America. I'm thinking here, like, there was a video and it was a woman from America that was talking about she came to, the, to Britain and she's taken three attempts to pass her driving test, right? She's been driving in America for 15 years, but she cannot pass the UK driving test because in America, she was 16, she'd done driver's ed in school for an hour and then her test was in a car park. Yep. The UK... You have to do minimum, or I think it's been put up, but for me, I had to do seven one-hour lessons before right. I could do my theory test. My theory test was then another thing that you had to go, and it was a computer-based test where you had to answer questions, and you had to, like, it was, you watched a video, and you had to click when there was, like, a a caution, or there was a, like, if a car was pulling out a side street, you would click to say, mm-hmm. I've seen that, that's something that they could pull out. There's a pedestrian on the sidewalk, they could step out in front of me, that's a caution. And you had to do your theory test before you were even allowed to go and do your practical test. Then in your practical test, you went out into the road, they asked you to do manoeuvres, they asked you to do that, and there's this thing here that I think it was 44%, the UK have a 44% pass rate a driver's passing in the UK. In the US, it's 66% because the test is not as thing. Um, and it's that kind of way you're like, I, I, I was trying to find if there's a percentage of US citizens that try to take the UK test and fail. Like, because I imagine it is high because, but it's because our standards are so much higher in the driving than in America. Because it is... You don't get like we're not allowed to like we're not allowed to have a full license until we're seventeen. Mm. Like you get a provisional license, but your own like but your provisional license you have to have somebody in the car with three years driving with a three year license and over twenty one before you're allowed to practice in a car. 
other than that, you have to get a licensed instructor with dual pedals so they can take control of the car when needed. Said so, like, there's so many things in the UK that it kind of warps our mentality as well because our setup is like. Like as much as we're the Western world and all that kind of stuff, our setup is so different to America that there is a lot of things that happens in America where we can turn around and go, "What the fuck is happening?" That would never happen here because we have this, this, and this. Right. And it is trying to get that. Well, it's a different culture. It's a different country. You have to remember that. But at the same time, you're like. For it being such a big country, you'd think there would be more standards or higher standards in certain aspects of things. I guess I guess it comes down to the fact that like the argument is is America likes to think it's one whole country. Like we sell ourselves as like we're the United States of America. We are like one for all, all for one. When in reality we're like 50 independent countries with different rules and different regulations. Everything is different across the board. And the the level of standard goes from really high standards in some areas to what's a standard in other areas. There's no, there's no, um, there's no good practices, right? For the United States. Like there's no like, yeah, our government's like, hey, we got these rules. And even our government can't follow its own fucking rules. So when you look at the thing about America, it's it's often propagandized as, well, it's the American spirit. We're independent. We, we, we live by our own code, right? And if our government tries to tell us one thing or the other, we're going to give it to government to what for, right? And that's, that's not the case. Mm. What, what in actuality it should be is, there should be a, and this, people are going to hate me if I say this because it's like dogs here that way. I am. The federal government should set down a, a set of standards and business practices, manufacturing, like that. this should be what we aim to reach, achieve goals, right? Yeah, and then across the board. And then the states should do their damnedest to live up to those sort of standards and if a state slips in those standards or can't meet those standards then the government should review that state and go okay how come you're not hitting these standards and how can we step in and give you tools and assistance to get you to the standards but in a way that stamps out quote unquote the independent spirit of america Mm. right (laughs) and i'm not i'm not i'm not one for big government or or ridiculous government regulation i want responsible government from a federal level i want responsible government from a state level i want responsible government from a city level and i want it all to tie back to a a reachable attainable goal of positive growth and positive progress that one not only benefits its people all let me look at the camera dead in the eye all of its fucking people no matter of what they are, but it benefits businesses, both large and small, and it benefits the fucking land that we live on 
that we can't fix if we fuck it up too bad. And if mm. that requires certain things to be changed and updated and regulated and moved, I'm all for it. Yeah. And like you said, with the driving thing, we have we got to take a written test on the computer. We've got to do 50 hours of road time with an instructor. Like we have these, we have these requirements too. But after after you get your license, after you get your license once, nobody nobody requires you to keep your skills sharp. You mm. literally only have to pass the test once, and then you 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 get your license for life. Yeah. Whereas, like, it, it's like a fight. You and I are fight fans, right? Look at weight classes. You got like me. My ideal weight class is one fifty five, based on my height. I only got to make one fifty five once, one time. Yeah, and then my ass can go hit the sizzler and, and refuel, because <laughs> ain't nobody gonna test me on weight on fight day. Oh no, the night before I was one hundred fifty five pounds. I'm walking into that fight. 175 and that's yeah. and that's the thing like i think that's what it is when it comes to the to the driving test is here in america and probably in europe you you take the test once and no one checks your skills no one no one gives you no one gives you a skill evaluation so my you, test is 10 years every 10 years you have to go and reapply for your license yeah we don't have UK. that here nope no uh -uh. nope you get your license at 16 Deuces, you're out. You got to be on point one day in the in the classroom, and one day on the road. After that, you can have whatever bad fucking habits you want until you break too many traffic laws, and they say, "Okay, no license." But anybody can be on their best behavior for one day. Anybody can be on their best game for one game. And I think because of the fact that we don't have, um. We don't have those skills reviews, especially for like licensing. You're you're not you're not held to that standard of oh I have to obey the traffic laws I have to keep my peripheral, you know. And I think that's why a lot of a lot of people have difficulty earning licenses when they move to a different country because you grew up learning to drive a certain way, and you 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 were through their testing curriculum. Then you go to a completely different testing curriculum that has higher or lower standards and you struggle because you're so ingrained in the way you do everything that you have to relearn certain things. And I think that's it. And when you talk about licensing guns or, or licensing farms or whatever, yeah, there should be certain standards and, and practices across the board, regardless of state or country. There should be one... There should be one stated thing. This is the goal. This is the operational goal you need to reach so that you can have that gun or you can mm. have that farm or you can produce that meat. If you don't reach those operational standards, tough shit. But then it, but then you got the whole one well, infringes on my, my freedom. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the, 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 the needs of the many outweigh the selfish needs of the few. And if you're not willing to make the sacrifice for the better tomorrow, and I'm not saying kumbaya, like if 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 the better tomorrow is a totalitarian totality totalitarian fascist vision, clearly you're not going along with it, right? Because <laughs> that's not the greater good. There needs to be common sense in everything, from 
from the from from gun owning to driving to food production to to animal conservation, whether whether it's harvesting animals for healthy populations, there needs to be a certain level of of understanding, intelligence, and common sense behind everything. And we all can't have this freewheeling attitude to do whatever the fuck we want because it's my prerogative. Yeah. But I just want to clear up one thing because uh, Habit did touch on it. When I said that every 10 years, it is true, every 10 years you can renew your license, your license is up, like your photocard license is every 10 years, and you just have to go to the post office and get a renewal sent out and all that kind of stuff. But it's where I, I've found it is they're implementing a new thing where every 10 years you have to set a new practice. It's not a full extensive practical test, but it's a practical test. I've just looked up there and it's just, it's not been implemented. It was supposed to get implemented at the beginning of 2021, but because of COVID, it all got pushed back because there was a whole fucking issue with the driving laws. So it's supposed to be getting implemented because it's up until 70. After you turn 70, you have to reset a test every three years to keep your license. And it's if you have, like, if you lose your license, if you have a disqualified suspended, like you have to reset a test. So that's the clear up in that sense is that, yeah, after 10 years you can, but in the next year or so, they're going to implement that every 10 years you have to do a reset to make sure that you're able to drive. Yes, Dredd, I do realize the needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many is a totalitarian talking point, but what I meant in that moment is that it's not the overarching everything. There are some choices that have to be made where it will benefit more the majority than it benefits the minority. I'm not saying that I want it to be that way all the way, but there are certain times where people do have to make the choice to to benefit others than themselves and that's kind of where i was going with that to clear that up like i don't want it to be like well everybody has to sacrifice for everybody no sometimes sometimes you do need to suck it up and do something that's better like okay i do i want to get to the happy ending because but let me put it (laughs) to you this way here in america and this is gonna this is gonna get dicey so just shut up and listen they politicized wearing a mask where it was like, oh, masks are bad, masks don't work, blah, 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 blah. If you wear a mask, you're un-American. The whole goal of a mask was to protect, not yourself, but everyone else. <laughs> because at the time, the science said X, Y, and Z. And that fucking bullshit of, well, it's my right to choose, got in the way of potentially better outcomes. And I'm trying to be very, like, very on the line with this so I don't piss nobody (laughs) off. Shut the fuck up and wear a mask so that we can get this shit over with. And if the science says otherwise, follow the science. But the science says wearing a mask helps. Fucking wear it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your shit is. Unless you have a medical fucking issue where you cannot fucking breathe, wear a fucking mask. That's it. That's the needs of the greater outweighing the the needs of the few in this case. That's what it is. Everybody's got to sacrifice a little bit sometimes. It doesn't have to be all the time. 
But sometimes you just got to fucking suck it up and do what's best for everybody. Bottom line, last point I'm going to make about that. I'm not shooting at you on that, Dread. That's just sort of the way I was trying to articulate my point on that one. Anyway, let's move to the happy <laughs> ending. <laughs> Eats popcorn. Yeah, I knew I knew you I knew you would know where I was going with that, Dread. Alright, let's move to the happy ending. For those of you that don't know the show or you knew the show or you're discovering the show, we like to end the podcast on a positive note or or what we call a happy ending. Basically we highlight two news articles or one news article depending on how large it is. That just promotes some sort of positivity out in the world. And this week we got a couple. Um, I'll admit I didn't do my happy ending until like three minutes before the show, so I'm gonna have to stumble shocking. through mine. So absolutely shocking. <laughs> so we will, we will, we will endeavor to do our best. I think we started with you last week, so I'll, I'll go through mine right now. And then again, this this kind of dovetails into Dox's anthropology and. Like uh, shit kick where there was a recent article on the Good News Network. Shout out to them. I get all my happy endings from them. In this case. There was a lost sunken city of golden jewels found in the mud of an Indonesian river. My inner Indiana Jones could not be happier. Basically what it says is nighttime dri- drivers. Nighttime divers <laughs> on the moose. Musi River or Mosai River in Indonesia are beginning to fish out fistful, literal fistfuls of gold, gems, and other treasures from the mud. And it might be the site of the fabled kingdom known as the 8th century, the island of gold. The, the middle, the, the Indonesian version of El Dorado. Right? Mm. So basically, the El Dorado, <laughs> the El Dorado of Indonesia. So basically, here's what happened: a bunch of dudes were diving at night in the river, fucking found some shit, and now the archaeologists are literally looking at this situation and like discovering that, oh yeah, there's a fuck ton of shit down there, and they're they're beginning to like figure out where it's coming from, and some of the early evidence of where this is. Is it harkens back to sort of again Indonesia's sort of El Dorado, the fabled island of gold or whatever. And the reason I like it is because there inside me there's this kid who wants to find Dr. Livingston, who wants to go out and find like the crystal skulls. Like I wanna be like that Tomb Raider and find the <laughs> the, 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 the Spanish galleon that went down with all the gold. And the fact that, like, two dudes just diving in a river one night, that's nonchalantly, like, just diving in a river, find, like, this whole, like, trove of gold and jewels. My inner child was like, it's a possibility, Docs. Go get your scuba gear. You can do it, too. And I was like, if only. If only. And it's not about the, the fact that, they found the gold and then they're like, oh, they're going to get a cut of it and they're probably going to change their lives. It's the fact that there's still civilizations undiscovered. There's still animals we haven't found. There's still like treasure to be discovered in our already crazy fucking lives. And you look at this one and then a couple of years ago when I was in college, they found that entire sunken Egyptian city in like the Black Sea or wherever it was. They were like diving off the coast of like 
I think it was the Black Sea. They literally found an entire sunken Egyptian like kingdom. Where one was never supposed to be. And it was just a bunch of dudes diving at night and they swam up and saw a giant fucking stone face. The the wanderlust and the sense of discovery that those dudes must have had when they scooped them golden gems out of just the river they were swimming in. Just I was <laughs> like, Yes! There's still a possibility. Indiana Indiana docks could be a thing. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because doesn't love a good story of like dudes just found gold swimming in a river. Who doesn't love that? Would it would it not have been Minnesota docks? No, because I'm not from Minnesota. Or no Minnesota. What, what's the one? Wisconsin. Wisconsin docks. Hell no, oh, that doesn't go. rhyme. Like you're no for Indiana, but no, but like like Indiana if we're gonna do like... this, we're gonna do this right. No. <laughs> like you can't start getting on other people's sea, yeah. shit. But I, I don't to be know, honest. Man. The, my favorite bit about this is that the scuffed, sleep deprived, they go into details so that from the shallows have surfaced glittering gold and jewels befitting the richest of kingdoms, everything from tools of trade and weapons yep. of war to relics of religion, from the lost temples and places of worship have <laughs> appeared bronze and gold Buddhist figurines, bronze temple door knockers bearing the demonic face of Kala, and Hindu legend, the yep. mythical head of Rahu who churned the oceans to make an elixir of immortality. It goes into that detail and all I really caught on for you is these guys swam and found cool things now they're happy. Yay. Yep. That is literally the base level that I go to your story. <laughs> I told you it was a shit show, okay? I was excited that they found gold. It was three minutes before the show, goddammit. <laughs> it's just how much detail they're thinking about all this beautiful and amazing stuff <laughs> and they found all these histories and stories and Fucking British maritime archaeologists are so <laughs> yep. happy this thing's and it's been in parts of Indonesia for four hundred years. Yep. But man go swimming and find good stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's like I literally read like the title, I was like, Yes, they found gold. Alright, let's go. <laughs> I mean, that is quite cool. Like, I mean, that is how most things happen. Is some randomers just fucking went? I wonder what happens. Oh, hey, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> like, that's just how it is. Like, most people, you you, you set out wanting to find something, and then it, it gets really good yep. and all that kind of stuff. Like archaeology and uh, paleontology and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're going out for a certain goal, and but when it happens, it's still amazing. But it is always f- quite funny. Was like, ah, these two guys were just fucking swimming, and <laughs> they found an, the Isle of Gold. They found it changed their lives. You know, exquisite gold sword handles would have graced the sides of royal courtesans, while bronze medals and hundreds of gold rings, many right. stamped with. Enigmatic letters, figures, Chris, and symbols. Heaven's got it right. I can still be Nathan Drake, goddammit. A story you like could this keeps, never the, dream, be Nathan keeps Drake. the dream alive. I know Nathan Drake's handsome and clever, and I'm just. Bitch. Exactly. Fuck you. <laughs> Alright, smart pants. Let's go <laughs> to your fucking happy ending then. My happy ends didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> Aha! Aha! Yeah. The truth comes out. 
And yes, yeah. I am definitely well, Scully. I was the same that was that in Ryan Wheels. I was just being that, like, it, it's quite funny how this sleep deprived thing is. There's such an amazing story, and the, the best that comes out is Divers Do Good. <laughs> That's why we link them in the descriptions and shit on the website. So if my enthusiasm leads somebody to go, you know, Dax is really excited about two idiots mm-hmm. in Indonesia finding gold. And then Chris is like, oh, there's lots of shit. Maybe I should read the article for myself. Well, I mean, like, like my one is Gary, but basically my, my whole one is the University, is it the University of Georgia, I just want to double check, University of Georgia scientist has uh, created a plant-based jet fuel that can reduce emissions by 68%. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> right? I mean, I mean... That's great. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, aviation industry emits 2.5% of all carbon dioxide uh, and is responsible for 3.5% of global or percent of global warming. Car- Karanata-based fuel could help reduce the carbon footprint of the aviation centre. So, so basically, like... Uh, in September, President Joe Biden proposed proposed a sustainable fuel tax credit, which would bring federal agencies together to scale up the production of SAF uh, nationwide. And SAF is sustainable aviation fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they said the proposed tax credit requires a fifty percent reduction in life cycle carbon emissions, a standard that Karanata exceeds, according to the team's finding, published in GCB Bioenergy. What right. quickly day is just I just want a Oh, it's pretty much the exact same fucking thing as you, so we'll just fucking battle that bastard out of there. Um, <laughs> but again, it's like it's like the whole uh, meat topic we were talking about. Like, it's an aspect of things that it really isn't going to make it. I think they even say that it's a petroleum-based aviation fuel was fifty cents per liter higher than Katarina-based SEF, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The price for producing SEF from oil derived from Karanata ranged from twelve cents per liter on the low end to one dollar twenty eight liter or dollar on the high end. Yeah, which is a so really. it is pretty fucking amazing, especially on the low end. So again, I ask the question of if you're given a alternative that helps the planet is is a better thing, does the exact same fucking thing, but is better. Would you actively change it? Would you go that way? Like yeah. because otherwise, the only reason why you use the other one is because it's just a a, a thing. It's just a prefer a preferred thing. Yeah. Like it makes no difference. It's cheaper the other way, but you're just want to use that. But uh, they said the the missing piece of the puzzle uh, is the lack of local infrastructure for crushing the seed and processing oil and ESAF. Current research focuses on the modeling, the economic and environmental feasibility of producing and consuming Karanata-based SEF across Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. Um, Results would be especially relevant to the state of Georgia, which is the sixth largest consumer of conventional aviation fuel in the country. So, again, it's it's a way to go. They've got a £15 million project funded by the US Department of Agriculture's National Institute of Food and Agriculture. So it's it's a thing that they're lo- they are definitely fucking looking into, let's be honest. Like. Yeah. But again, 
it's just another aspect of we have the science, we have the capabilities. Let's start pushing the boat out a bit. Let's start. Yeah, 100%. let's see if we can do fucking better. And I think that's I think that's I think that's the the thread of everything that we you and I do, particularly with this podcast, is everything that we bring up or everything we talked about, even in a debate where we're discussing the pros and cons or negatives of, of a diverse a divisive topic, like we touched on a little bit of guns and we touched on licenses today and we talked about poaching, it's it's all in the sense of like just do better. Like, yeah. Like leave the world in a better place than you found it. Yeah, leave the world and leave yourself and leave the people around you in a better spot than when they were when yeah. you, when you came into their lives or when you came on the earth. Because in the end, you for the most part we all have like one life that and we can only control the things we can control, which is ourselves. And if ourselves do better and do what's better for ourselves and those in our circle and and our the things we touch upon, then we did something in my opinion we did something right yeah and hopefully by hearing that guy swimming river and find gold it might inspire you to go read about what they found mm-hmm. and maybe it inspires you to look into like what the island of gold was or if if you're if you're like dude they really can make jet fuel for like 12 cents a liter maybe it inspires somebody to like really push something through to get that change yeah. to get to get something because in the end we're just two sleep deprived idiots talking about <laughs> whatever excites us with some modicum of intelligence at times and then sometimes monkey brain go like mine just did a little bit ago so i don't know it's if they can find a way to reduce the carbon footprint with like what we talked about with jet fuel or, or lab grown meat or or agricultural alternatives. How is that a bad thing? Oh exactly. Like that's the thing. Like I can understand why people would think it's a bad thing if it's specifically impacting their life for the wrong reasons. Right. But if not, why why is it a a, a bad thing? Yeah. And who's to say they're doing aviation fuel? There's nothing stopping them for developing other forms of fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is one of those things. <laughs> so down for clone meat? Yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't like literally like Dred said it? Who wouldn't be down for clone meat if it's if it's affordable? Farmers. <laughs> Stop it! I'm trying to make a point. I would just say I think they would probably have a wee bit more pushback, but like there is definitely there is definitely somebody that will be like no, 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 bro, <laughs> no, bro. I only want the real thing, bro. But I mean, yeah. Aside from farmers, if it, if it's ethically produced and nutritionally the same and it's affordable, but it's called evolution. Yeah, exactly. Not in last forever. Exactly. There comes a time where you just have to go. I need to adapt, improvise, succeed, and overcome. Yeah, like <laughs> we do with the podcast, where we're fucking out of our minds today. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that's going to be a good spot to wrap it up. So we're gonna get, we're gonna do a little something. something. We didn't do this in the beginning because our brains didn't work. But uh, what were you drinking today, Chris? 
Hey, I was drinking apple strudels and lemonade. Yeah, I I went non-alcoholic today because I literally ran out the trailer and didn't, couldn't find my beer. I've got and Dred's gonna roast me. Well, I was me. definitely alcoholic. <laughs> Dred's gonna roast me, but I I drank a pomegranate lemonade kombucha today from a hum kombucha, so it was really good actually. It was fucking tasty as shit. So as we say all the time, if you are in enjoying a beverage, alcoholic or not, and you're watching the podcast or you're chatting along with us, um. Do so responsibly. Do so mm-hmm. of the age you are in in your country. So the lawyers don't hang us out to dry. Um, but yeah, man, it's it was a crazy day. It was a crazy shit show. Hopefully those of you in chat have had a, had a good day and, and enjoyed our, our kind of insanity. Chris, plug your shit, my man. Yeah, um, you can get me across basically everything at, at ChrissyC90s at Twitch, Twitter. I have an Instagram now. I've nice. posted two things, and then I forget about it. Yeah, me too. I've got TikTok where I post something and then forget about it. Yep. So, if if you want to have the the if you want to have the aspect of ADHD where only certain things pop up every six months, where you go, all right, then <laughs> Instagram and TikTok are the best place to go. But I'm a wee bit more vocal, and I say that it's. I'm usually plugging everybody else's stuff. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like, I'm, <laughs> but, a, I'm um, a great. But, yeah, and Charity Week. Yep, so Charity Week. I'm, I'm still, I don't know if I'm going to start the charity stuff this week or just wait until Saturday. Like, one thing that I was going to do was just have the the charity stuff open so you could come in on yeah. Monday. If you wanted to donate, you could donate on Monday and all that. But I don't know whether to do that or just go on Saturday. We're just going to have the proper, you can donate to you have chat. The rest of the week, it's just going to be having fun building up. But I would. I would I'll, I'll decide open. tomorrow. I would leave it open. Just be like, hey, it's open now, but Saturday is going to be like the the party where we got a bunch of idiots dropping by and doing dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to try and sleep and then think when I actually have a brain. D&D is going to be fun for you tonight. Oh, it's going to be hilarious. Because I just realized Zim's it's in an hour and I'm not going to be able to sleep before. <laughs> Zim's going to be carrying your ass like, God damn it. I know. I know. But yeah, it's going to be hilarious. That's going to be insane. But yeah, me, I'm Docs Ryan. You, like, Twitter, fucking TikTok. I, Instagram, it's Docs Ryan, but there's periods between the D and every letter except the N. Like, it's... I only post pictures of my dog and food on Instagram. Let's be real. Like, I don't, I don't. And then my TikTok, I've been trying to do, like, some reviews or shit, but I'm, like, bored of it already. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, yeah, I'll do this really cool series where I talk about interesting games and shit. And I'm, like, Chinese, what? <laughs> what? Oh, I was supposed to make a TikTok video tonight. Wait, what? <laughs> but, again... We do appreciate the support, as always. You guys are amazing. Uh, the conversation in chat the last two weeks has been on point, as it always is. Chris, even though we're fucking out of it and just off our rockers today, I feel like we made some really good points. We made some silly points. Kind of got in the weeds in some spots, but mm-hmm. we were able to bring it back. I think it was great, man. As always, you're a hell of a partner to talk to, and I appreciate you being here. You guys in chat, that way. You don't see it on screen, but they're off to my right um which yeah, is my last I can see you. yeah <laughs> you guys are great so we'll be back uh next sunday hopefully rested 
hopefully well read on a happy ending. <laughs> uh, and oh, big shout out to Pat Danger for the intro song and Chris killing yeah. it on the stinger. So um, I think I'm going to do something a little different before I end the stream. I'm going to play the stinger one more time because I just, I like it and I want it and I want it at the end of the video. So you're going to get the stinger and then the ending. Say bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. Welcome to the drunk tank Take a shot and much thanks For you coming out tonight Have a seat and come in Yeah, yeah Now turn the lights down low Drinks are in the back where we're about to start the show Okay, landed and killed and the landed are free Coming together to spread all the peace There's more to the story than you'll ever see Hear up both sides before you just agree Some of it's funny and some of it's deep Open your mind and I can't guarantee That we will leave you on the edge of your seats Now over the docks and a man for CC, okay <laughs> Alright everybody, we'll talk to you soon Bye